1: Welcome to Countercharge. This is the Greek. And this is Nathan Clefinger. And I'm
2: rough
3: Enough, and as promised, we're back with another Army Review, right on the heels of a Halfling Army Review. But this time, I've got two experts instead of one, and we're going to talk about Night Stalkers. Gentlemen, welcome to the show.
1: I signed up for King's of Men. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: you know, at some point, we will actually, it, the, the joke will actually have to end, and Alex will actually have to record something. Or, maybe we'll have to just get the three of us to just do it, because... I'm sure as much games as he's playing, I'm sure we could probably we could probably do an admiral job. So guys, we're here to talk about night stalkers. But before we get there, what are you guys working on? What new armies? I know Joey, you got you got a new project on your table.
1: Uh yep, I'm working on Ratkin. Uh I've been playing night stalkers for like four years. Uh so I've kind of told myself I cannot play this army competitively again, or Mike Austin is going to beat me by behind the shed, make me change. So I've got Ratkin on the table. Uh, wanted to do them when third drops, then COVID happened, so things are finally, I can start going to events, so I'm going to get them done before Vanguard in two months.
4: Awesome. Nathan, what about you? Well, I've got both a uh, Twilight kin list that I've been playing around with and uh, running some tests with with Jeff O'Neill, and then I've also got a, uh, you know, one of those, uh, I'm taking the Robert Brandon approach of building one army. <laughs> One set of models and playing like five armies with it. It'll be abyssal dwarves. will yeah. be abyssals. Yeah, be yeah. So, uh, but it's gonna be your, your, you know, your, your human variant. So, you know, basileans king of men, you know, brotherhood, brother Park, all of those. So, that's awesome, fantastic.
3: Well, guys, let's give the folks your credentials. Why should they give it? Sh- what you have to say about Night Stalkers? Nathan? Why don't you start us off?
4: Oh, they shouldn't care why I have to say but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, uh, you know, I've played nice stalkers for about as my main army for about three years now. Um, I started nice stalkers as a response to a, a very heavy shooting meta within the southeastern region oh, and, you grew uh, a backyard. yeah, yeah, my 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 own clubmates, even, yeah, so so I mean, I've been playing them as a the main army for about three years now. I've tried a lot of different variations with them, tried a lot of different things. I've won a few events with them, not many, but a couple. And, uh, you know, I've taken a master's the last three years, stuff like that as well. So, I mean, it's, it's just been, I've, I've got a lot of reps with them. So, same question over to you, Joey.
1: Yeah. Uh, I've been playing Night Suckers, uh, like I said, for about four years, maybe four and a half at this point. Um, time is kind of, it's not real anymore. Um, but I started them actually kind of in response. I wanted a more fluff based army. Um, so I was like, I, I listen, I don't know if you remember four years ago, the Unplugged Radio, which I know is cursed as a reference here. Uh, they did a like a lore episode where they all did like voice acting for excerpts from the old original campaign back in second edition. And like I then read the Night Stalker fluff, fell in love with it and just went to town modeling it. So I am one of the pretty Mantic Army Night Stalker players. Uh, as far as the credentials go, I've been bringing a Masters, obviously. Uh, most recently I finished fifth. Uh, at the masters in Dallas fort Worth I've best general a handful of events uh, not quite best overall but uh, been playing this army for a very long time awesome well that's a good place to start let's you know let's
3: think about this let's just dive way back Night Stalkers was an army that you know has been around for a long time but the model range is currently existing that's relatively new so mm-hmm. you know when, when the army started it was kind of you know fresh out of Matt Gilbert's brain and you know, people before the range came out had lots of different takes that we saw. Lots of people take Tyranids or Clowns or what were some of your favorite pre-mantic uh,
4: model ranges for for for, for Night Stalkers? Patrick Justice in the southeast had a very that had a bunch of uh, Xenomorph models from like the Aliens franchise. Who were using these various mm-hmm. things? I really like those. And you see lots of, you see a lot of Cthulhu type stuff, especially out of the Reaper Bones and the Reaper lines as well. A lot of really cool stuff with those
1: i personally prefer the Malifo or weird games a lot of what Malifo does can translate and port into night stalkers uh, pretty well well that
3: was one of the really interesting things about that time was there was no models the sky's the limit right and, and it was really you know even even the pictures in the book you know there were a lot of just sketches and stuff and yeah, that was, was uncharted empires for it was uncharted second yeah. edition uncharted. right so it was the first Uncharted Empires book, right? When we got when we got the first list, it's changed a lot since then. Obviously, we we, we now have a full Mantic range, just about a full magic range. There's a few things like doppelgangers, a few learns that they may not make yet, but it's pretty robust. Obviously, it it actually uh, made it into a two player starter set with Northern Alliance, so you can almost argue that. Northern Alliance, maybe Basland too, but Northern Alliance and Night stalkers are kind of two of the bigger Mantic I'm air quoting IP uh, armies and they have a pretty respectable range.
4: I mean, Night really are one of the most original when you think of like all the all the fantasy tropes that are out there, right? Night Stalkers are one of the more original armies in the mantic IP, you know, and I mean, and you're right. They do have a very broad model list now for for nice stalkers. I mean, except for just a couple of units, you know. And if you if you've got any kind of skill or interest in doing conversions with them, you can take a lot of Mantic models as the base and turn them into whatever you want. You know, they've done a good job building on that and expanding on it. And even when I'm talking to like new players coming up to us in the store, like, "Hey, what's this? What, what are you guys playing here?" Right. You start explaining it, and they're like, "Oh, these are just like demons, or whatever." No, 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 buddy, they're not demons, right? Let's let's back that up and talk through this a little bit. And they kind of does get them engaged, like, "Wow, that's really cool. That's different. Not something you hear of in a lot of other games." Where do they kind
3: of sit in Panther What's kind of the lore of? Night Stalkers, give us a sense of who they are.
1: <laughs> on the hey, uh, you know,
3: right. you're, you're probably the best thing we got to a lore guy on this episode.
1: <laughs> uh, so, the Night Stalkers, they, uh, they actually originate from, I don't know how much the, the, the listeners are going to actually know what the uh, Lore Panther is, but when the mirror was shattered um, and the gods all split, uh, there was a university that was doing pretty much extra dimensional travel. Um, when the glass was split. So, this is where the Night Stalkers originate. So, it's actually this group of like researchers and other uh, things that get sucked up from the rift of the mirror shattering. And then they're stuck in this sort of alternative dimension and they're transformed and morphed. And then the Night Stalkers, when they enter Panathor, are entering where the realm is weakest. Um, so it is in a way similar to demons. Like if you go back to War of Fantasy, it's kind of, that's how they get in. Um, but they are from like a, an alternate dimension. A lot of them just take up what person looking at them thinks they are. Um, so they, they target a lot of fears. That's what they're attracted to most as well.
3: Yeah, it, it you really, it really attack them are attacking the mind, right? Like right. they become the manifestation of what you fear the most. It's, in some ways, you could almost make a comparison to like a Bogart in Harry Potter right, where you see this thing and it becomes the manifestation of whatever whatever that is. So yeah,
1: most of them are like that. Some aren't. Like, the the Terror is a Kraken that got sucked up. The yeah. Shadow Hulk's uh, supposed to be, I think, a giant. Well, sh- Shadow Hulk's the best giant in the game. Come on. Come on. I wouldn't
3: best, go that far, but... Best giant in the game.
4: Come on. It's pretty good. It's pretty good.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, to your point, Nathan, they are very original. I think, I think they have a very unique take on where they fall in Panthor. I think they have a very unique place. To that end... How would you guys describe their play style?
4: They probably have the broadest variety of builds of, of just about any list in the, the the Kings of War list of armies, right? Really about the only build they can't really do is, is, is a high defense type spam, right? They They don't have any defense six units and only just a few defense five units. But other than that, if you want to go with a fast mobile build, they can easily do that. Monster Mash, they've got lots of good options for that. You want to spam cheap units out there, you know, just just do a trash list. They've got plenty for that as well. Not a lot of shooting. The shooting they do have tends to be magic based, and I'm sure that's something we'll touch on later. Is you know, they've got a lot of units. They also have the worst unit in the game. Is, is that
3: Spectres?
1: Just, is that Spectre? yes, it's Spectres?
4: I, yes, Spectres. Yes, i Oh, just again. Put ahead. them out there. Yeah.
1: They used but, to have the two worst units in the game. COK okay, twenty-two fixed one of
4: them. The Rift it's Weavers it. are still not good. They're just not <laughs>
1: horrible. I think, so. but they are not actively hurting you to bring anymore.
4: <laughs> That's fair. That's fair.
1: But I would describe it as probably the best toolbox army um, mm-hmm. in the game. It, if I had to draw a comparison like to the people that played in second, I would think them more so like Elves were, where they were really good at attacking balance lists. They really want to say I'm more efficient than you in all phases and attack you in all phases. Um, so like where night stalkers are going to be at their best is when they're going against uh, balanced lists on their own but they also have the tools to deal with all of the skews they i do find they tend to handle skews a little bit worse than some lists will because they don't have they don't pack a ton of crushing if you're going to find a lot of cs1 maybe cs well you're going to see cs2 because you're going to take butchers but there's going to be cs2 and cs1 but you're not slinging a whole lot of cs3 or getting to where you're winning defense four on twos or defense six on two, sorry. So they can struggle into certain matchups where, like, against a defense six-span build because their shooting isn't going to convert and their combat
4: can be very wild. The other challenge with them is they're, unlike a lot of the other armies where the army's special rule supports them, Night Stalkers, your special rules are all about what did your opponent break at the table, yeah, And so... Uh, for players who don't know, their their two special rules are number one, basically the entire army is stealthy. There may be one or two units that don't have uh, to. No, everything's <laughs> stealthy. Oh, stealthy. Okay. <laughs> and then the other rule they have is Mind Thirst, which means they take advantage of any inspiring that your opponent brings in their list to inspire themselves. But it's at a 12-inch range, regardless of if it's inspiring type or if it's very inspiring or regularly inspiring. They get to take advantage of any of those sources at 12 inches, right?
3: Well and that just <clears> got better, right? With with the changes yeah. to Clash of Kings.
4: So the challenge with it, though, is with both of those scenarios, you're paying points in the, the the price of the unit. And if your opponent didn't bring any shooting, well, OK, then, you know, you know, one of your special rules is essentially non-existent because they have nothing to nothing that's going to be affected by stealthy. Similarly, if they're light on inspiring, you're not going to be able to have as much advantage to take uh, to, to use that against them as well. Right. So, um they can play. They, they are super balanced. They got a really broad spectrum of units, but they can be hindered at times by what your your opponent is bringing to the table. Well, let's talk about them in terms of
3: their evil alignment, right? So they are, they are evil. They're just misunderstood. Uh, they're just misunderstood. And they do have an army special upgrade called Scream Shard, which basically uh, once per game, you can uh, choose to give the unit Life Leech 2 uh, for mm-hmm. the remainder of the turn. Do you guys – does that come up very much for you guys? Do you guys –
1: because I mean, it, it costs points, right? Is it usually it's like five points. points or yes, so. five mm-hmm. points. Yeah. I have never used it. I'll be perfectly honest. Most of the units that can take it probably are dying if they're getting hit. Um, yeah. Because it's a lot of the defense force stuff, so they're probably
4: wavered if they're not dead. Um, really, it's just your regular infantry that's not bloodworms that can take that, right? I mean – Doppelgangers, scarecrows, and mm-hmm. Reapers are about it. Not a couple of the heroes. But I mean, it's, the problem is for five points, you know, you're taking something like Joey said. It's, if it's gotten hit initially, it may already be wavered or dead. And if it's not, you know, at five points, there's probably other, you'd probably rather have even just Blade of Slashing, Mace of Crushing, or something like that in there to have those, to do wounds and have them stick. So
1: it's kind of like if you have 10 points left over in your list and you had two regiments of Reapers, go ahead and throw it on there but it, it's not something that says build around me. I mean, even if you take the full Soul Drinker, uh, which we'll get into, you can pack Reapers up to Life Leech 5 for a turn, which is a crazy good combo, except it's like you're really going to get that much benefit out of it because what's hitting the Reapers and only doing 5 damage.
3: Well, let's get in and start talking about some infantry. Uh, let's start right at the basic level. we got Scarecrows. Uh, they come in Regiment, Horde, and Legion. That's unit strength 2, 3, and 4, and it's 15 attacks, 30 attacks, and 35 with a Nerve of dash 14, dash 21, dash 27 for 80, 130, 190 points. And I guess that's another thing we didn't really talk about a lot. You, you do have a fair amount of Fearless
1: units in this list. There's a good amount of them and Proxy Fearless when we go to the Butchers. Mm-hmm.
3: This unit the scarecrows has Mind Thirst, Stealthy, and Wild Charge D3. The Scream Shark for, for five points. But like you said, I don't... This is this is your zombie unit. Like, why would you why would you put Life leech on it? I don't,
1: yeah.
3: I probably better options.
1: I don't know people that are taking the giant raps on zombies either. It's a really good unit though. I don't run them. I personally have an aversion to slow infantry, uh, but they're really good for what they do. Like it's the cheapest unlock in the army. It's dash 14, which is just annoying for units to deal with. It's great at the horde because that 130 for a horde unlock is amazing in this list. You really want unlocks with this army because what you're unlocking is just good. I don't know about the Legion to be honest. It's probably good. I just haven't seen it. Nick Williams would have been better to talk about this, but he takes like 30 of them. So
4: The problem, I think, with the Legion is is when you start hitting that 190 price point for them, you're losing that balance of, okay, then I can take, for 190, I can take a Legion of Scarecrows. But yeah, our, our dash 27. Or I can take a Regiment of Reapers, essentially, right? For just a few more points that are only one lower unit strength, but a lot more damage output, right? And so, dur- you know, just durability through masses of nerve is a way you can play the game. But it's, you know, uh, Scarecrows are not going to chew through anything in a turn or two, right? And so certain scenarios out there like Invade, Plunder, Push, um, things like that where there's not a lot of tokens or objectives you need to get to, but you still got to move to a certain area of the table. Like Joey said, they're not very fast. They're only speed four, even with wild charge. And they're not going to push. Punch through anything. So if your opponent can get out in front of you early, and pin you in your side of the table, they don't have the 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 oomph to get through anything and 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 push on past. So you start worrying about okay, then that's that's really a balance question. But uh, like I said, at one hundred and thirty points, they're great for giving you two unlocks and three unit strength. there's just dirt cheap on the table. Yeah.
3: You know, I always wonder too, like with with a legion, like at dash twenty seven versus dash twenty one. they're well, defense three. So, yeah. like, it, it, anything that can kill a Horde in two turns could probably kill a Legion.
1: With these, um, the Horde will probably die to one if you're not screening it, because two units will probably kill this. Two reasonable units um, are probably killing a single Horde. So you only got to hit 15 damage to make it a reliable kill, uh, which isn't a hard ask at three. But at 130 points, if they're investing 400, you, you should be winning in that exchange. Right. Um, now, and if fun you- with Hammer, if you're going to run an item on them. Hammer is pretty fun on them because you can give them Vicious through an aura later on. So you can make them 6 damage.
4: It's just a fun 150-point unit. There's another unit we'll talk about with the Hammer measured Force. A little bit. I was going to point out though, right, uh, you know, we're talking about the Horde level. The Regiment level at 80 points, right, it's fantastic for just sitting back and and holding pillage objectives, things like that, Mm -hmm. because a lot of the units that are going to be able to extend and and get to those early to try to fight that stuff are going to be inspiring. You're going to be talking about, like, Dracon Lords, you know, Lords on Frostfang, stuff like that. And so they're bringing Inspiring in to try to fight against the Fearless 14 unit. And so that's going to tie whatever's coming in there up, usually for a good two or three turns for a really small investment to to force your opponent to bring that out there to try to to pick up that two-unit strength. So, I mean, I would say if you're building an army you know go for the old trick of build two two regiments and two troops and then that way you can play them as three regiments or you can play as a horde or a legion if you want to you know um Mm -hmm for scarecrows, I mean, they're never going to be a, a necessarily bad take at most Night Stalker lists. Can
3: never
1: be
4: upset at what they did.
3: Well, Nathan, do you want to take us into your favorite unit, Bloodworms?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so,
4: yeah, <clears throat> Bloodworms are uh, my favorite unit. I've, uh, ever since I started looking at the Night Stalker list, that was the, the Legion of Bloodworms is what I uh, zeroed in on, right? So, they come in Regiment, Hordes and Legions, uh, 120, 200, or 290 points respectively. Speed 5, Melee 4, Defense 4, where they really shine Nine is the the volume of attacks they can bring especially as a legion um they bring 40 attacks to the table which is oh i'm not sure if there's another unit in the game that has more attacks than that or as many attacks as that they also have really good nerve at these points levels right our regiment's 12 15 Horde 1922 and then a legion 2528 and then stacking on like what joey said earlier uh fearless by proxy through the fury rule which they got in clash of kings uh 22 and life leech 2 yeah they got a nerve bump in clash of kings 22 Uh, their waiver and route values went up uh by one on each of us and they added fury and you know i I don't know who to buy a drink for when i see them but i certainly want to do that right because it's, it's a fantastic ad and then when you take um, take hammer of measured force and put those on there, there is not a unit in the game that does not fear that unit when they see it. Forty attacks, wounding on fours, always will put the, the put a, the shakes to any earth elemental horde, uh, obsidian golems horde, whatever's out there. You know, um, in my experience, they you generally if they somebody wants to one shot this legion. They have to triple charge it. Even a double charge to the front most of the time will not take this unit out. Now that it has Fury, it, it's, you know, and previously i would had times where it would get wavered, things like that, and then get stuck, and then it would die the next turn. With Fury now, it's going to take something else with it, too, even if it does. So it's just, they are a fantastic unit. I've never run them as a regiment. A lot of people I've seen do like to run them as hordes, as more of a a, a higher quality infantry unit than your Scarecrows at a horde level. But I think this unit really shines at a legion, and it's slow, but it is the the definition of a handful right there. Right, whatever charges it's gonna gonna have to really hurt it to try to do anything, and it's gonna take a lick back when it comes back up. So,
3: and you have a, a favorite magic artifact you put on this unit, right?
4: Yep, Hammer of Force every time. And in three years I've been running this army, I've never not run it in that configuration, and I have never regretted it. I probably play, gosh, I, I probably play one hundred and twenty games of Kings of War a year, and. You know, night stalkers are probably play that eighty five percent of the time, and I've had that unit in my list every time, and I've never regretted it. Allegiant, so, you got
3: forty attacks. You're hitting on force. that's twenty hits, wounding on force. That's like happens. basically ten guaranteed damage 12, against defense 12. six, right? Like
4: it's gonna be twelve. Yeah, because you're gonna take a horror and you're gonna give him the vicious okay. aura. You can be See, right next all right. to it. Yeah, all right. so um, it Four is players not of, here. Four players. Yeah, it's it's not unheard of to. Uh, not unexpected. I've uh, I regularly get 15, 16 wounds out of this unit on anything, and you know, that's that's a hurt for whatever's coming into it. So
1: mm. I will add for those listening: don't take this unit on UB. UB hates it. I ran it at the Quail Cup with this configuration, and it was consistently doing five. <laughs> it's just like UB <laughs> dice. This, be nice. you be this nice. is not math, uh, but no, it's. A, Really strong unit. I think it's list-defining. Um, if you're going to take the Legion of Bloodworms, it's going to really define how that list is. Will someone <coughs> wanna take us through the Doppelgangers next? So we got Doppelgangers. They only come in regiment. So there's B5 Infantry. Uh, they hit on 5s, defense 4, with 10 attacks. Their Nerve is 15-17, and they cost 145 points. What makes them special is when they charge something, they have the option to, you're not forced to, adopt the melee profile of whatever they are fighting. So if you charge a legion of bloodworms, you can become forty attacks hitting on fours. They will take the crushing strength. They won't take thunderous, and they won't take the item that that unit has. So, like ideally, you're hitting a legion of ogres, and you're just like thirty-six attack or thir- thirty-six attacks threes and fours, and we're going to town. the The bad side of that is you hit a troop of gargoyles. I guess, like, if you're hitting a small unit like Goblin Rebel, uh, you're having a really bad time with this unit. Uh, It has huge ceilings and even just as low floors.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, I feel like this unit can definitely be a trap for people uh, because they see that ability and they think this unit will answer their hammers with their hammers. I really like Doppelgangers as a 2x that you take no items on. You just... Say I invested 290 points and my opponent has to play around it Because your opponent will have to admit doppelgangers are there And work around this So like, they're, if you're doing against Ferenger, Frostfangs have to fear this unit Like, They have to play scared of it Because uh, they won't live through a Frostfang attack on their own um, But it's also going to require some screening um, So I like to keep them cheap If they die, they die If they get chaffed up, they get chaffed up That's fine um, they're still three-unit strength. They're 15-17, which is really good nerve for their points. Um, so they are they can be an annoying unit to get rid of, too.
4: They can be an easy unit to, to evade, though, right? Because they'll only be in speed five. <clears throat> you know, a lot of those hammers tend to be faster than them. And so, like you said, if you don't use something to help deliver them, right, you don't give them some kind of chat in front of them to get them into the fight, then, you know, at only defense four, it's not – unreasonable for a lot of those fast hammers to at least waver if not kill them outright on the charge so
1: yeah where i like them it's like next to butchers uh where you put the butchers a little bit farther forward so the butchers will eat that one hammer and then the doppelgangers can go in on the multi-charge and then then you're getting that value but honestly at 145 15 17 it's not a bad unit to just throw out there and say maybe you don't one-shot it like it's it's not a bad unit in and of itself. You just have to play it on its own stat profile and not look at that doppelganger ability and assume you're going
3: to get it. You play these guys naked. Nathan, when you play them, any, any artifacts that, that, that work well with the doppelgangers?
4: Um, I've used some stuff to speed them up. I've put Brew of Haste on them in the past for Meat of Madness. Um, really, Brew of Haste I think fits on them well because you know they're still not as fast as Cav, but there are a lot of speed 6 units out there that they don't want to take the charge from themselves and so ogres. that kind of gives you a little more yeah ogres trolls stuff like that um gives you some of that standoff right and so you don't necessarily have to spend as much potentially in chaff or time and positioning to allow them to get into combat and not take the first charge themselves um you know uh some of the other magic items that are fun on them is elite you know if you want to put blessing of the gods on them although it's pred- also really fun
1: if you hit the yeah. right. <laughs> uh, so uh, you take the profile and then apply the item that they have yeah. equipped, by the
3: way. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's get in and talk about a lot of people's favorite unit, Reapers. Nathan, you want to take us to the Reapers? I know you're a big fan.
4: Yep. So uh Reapers are your prototypical glass hammer, um, speed six, melee three, defense four. You can take them as either troops or regiments. Um and the troops are only a 10-12 nerve for 135 points. And the regiments are 14-16 for 210. Um, crushing strength one, Mind Thirst, Stealthy. They can take the screenshot like we talked about earlier. Where they really shine is the number of attacks. A troop has 20 attacks and a regiment has 25. Um, you know, there's lots of armies that have hordes that don't have that many attacks, especially at a melee three and a crushing one. Um <clears throat> I usually run at least one, if not two regiments of these just because they, they will, especially if you're running a horror and support, they will chew through anything that, that comes out there. You know, I mean, defense four, they don't, they, they laugh at that defense five. They laugh at it. defense six. If you have a Bane Chan backing them up, something like that, they, they, again, they just will pull pour wounds all over that unit. Um, you know, they really are the, the only real hammer we have in the list. Right. Um, fiends are almost there, but not quite. Say, uh, I'm disagreeing strongly with that opinion, <laughs> but
1: uh, we're really you, into the difference of our play styles here. Cause yeah, I don't yeah. like, first, um, I yeah. don't like the commitment that it takes to deliver them. Um, it, it occupies a lot of where your list is, uh, because you, you have to take something to chaff um, that that 1416 nerf can, can really hurt. Um, so I've run them. I ran them at the U.S. Masters in New York pretty well there. I went 4-0 in day one with them, but it really felt like I was working against the Reapers um, rather than letting them kind of carry the list. For me, it's just uh, if you're going to invest in Reapers, just understand that you're going to have to invest in Phantoms. You're putting items on these guys. Like I, I really think mm-hmm. you're probably putting a Meet of Madness, a Strider maybe,
4: um, elite goes really well on them. Usually I end up taking elite on one and then brew strength on the other. Yeah. If I'm running two. um, and again, you know,
1: 230,
4: 250 point or yeah. point But as long as, as if you can get them into the charge, they are going to, you know, anything that comes up along with, uh, up to them along that same points value, they have a fantastic shot at, at taking off the table one turn, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Especially, like I said, if you've got a horror in support with who's bringing Bane, Chan and bringing the vicious aura, he will. That they they will just mow through anything. Um, but like Joey said, you do have to play to deliver them. And my particular playstyle, you know, uh, everything pivots off of the Legion of Bloodworms, and so you put your opponent in really really bad choices when you do like that because it's like okay then. Either I take the Reapers, and then I have to deal with a legion of Bloodworms coming in. I take the Bloodworms, and then the Reapers come in. Or I have to try to occupy both, which means he's not going to have a great shot at, at one-shotting the Reapers, unless he's got something like a Cav Regiment coming through. Um, and it's just going to tie up, you know, five, six hundred points of his army to try to deal with that. And they will chew through him eventually.
1: Yeah, I do want to talk about the troop. I think the troop's interesting. I haven't made it work, um, personally. The ten twelve nerve is just really hard to play through. And I think currently, with where at least the US is playing, there is a lot of height four and height five lightning bolt. It's really easy to just have them die. Like you see elves, and they probably die. <clears throat> uh, the mirror match, which I pretty much play at least one or two mirror matches every event I go to with this army. You see two Mind Screech, a Trooper Reapers dies a turn. It's a unit that you would have to, like, tuck behind, but the unit you're hiding it behind is probably, like, Butchers, and they're not going to shift. So it it's a hard unit to, like, cover from tall shooting. I personally see a lot. So I think the troop has a lot of potential, but it requires a specific meta and a specific area to
4: really work in we, uh, one of our tournaments in 2021 in chattanooga at the axe grinder event players from the southeast larry Essex brought an army that was four regiments of doppelgangers and then a bunch of troops of phantoms and troops of reapers and it worked really really well because there were so many targets out there you couldn't deal with all of them by the time the phantoms got there to disrupt your shooting mm-hmm. and that gave the reapers a chance to to finally get into kind of hand and if you had any big nasty hammers out there the doppelgangers were going to be responding to this, so um, he came in, you know, he came in like second at that event, that the second or third, something like that, so it was a really, really strong list and he played it very well, so, again, like you said though, Joey, Unicorns, Pegasus you know, uh, Unicorns with Lightning Bolt uh, Wizards on Pegasus Mind Screeches, they melt that 10-12 nerve defense board I mean, it's just, you know yeah. and Even just regular shooting, if they get on mm-hmm. a or something we'll, we'll get through it just because the nerve is so low, even with the stealthy, they're going to put enough wounds in that it's it's easy to start wavering or killing that unit. <laughs>
3: well, awesome. Let's get into some heavy infantry. we got phantoms up next. They are irregular. And uh, speed 10, melee 4, defense 4, coming a troop in a regiment. Uh, unit strength 1 and 3, attacks 12 and 15, dash 12, dash 16, 105 and 160. Height 2, fly, mind thirst, nimble. Is that the first nimble in this list so far? I think so. Mm-hmm. And stealthy.
1: It Did ain't you gonna have be the last nimble. That's for sure. No, not. <laughs> yeah.
3: So you know, I I see these guys a lot. I mean, they're speed ten. They're 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 you know, reach out to touch somebody real quick. Um, how do you how do you use them, Joey?
1: Uh, they're the premier delivery system. They they are what you put in front of your reapers on the turn that the reapers are setting up to charge. They're what you put really in front of anything like. It's just, it's a great gargoyle with dash 12 and the stealthy. So it's not as easy as say gargoyles or maybe even harpies to just take off the field before they actually get to contribute. Nathan has the worst luck in the world with these guys. I have seen these die to tens twice an awful lot, but in theory and on paper, they should do a lot better than how I've seen his phantoms go, but it's just an amazing troop. The regiment used to be really good in second. These guys used to actually be rates. They were defense five rates um, back when the army was a shambling army. Yep. But I think the regiment just doesn't really fit anywhere. It doesn't have a good spot. It doesn't unlock. It's like in this awkward kind of paper bag punch. It, just, it doesn't fit anything for me. It doesn't also get the vicious from the horror. So it's like
4: it's it's hard to work around them. I feel the one advantage the regiment has is as is- for a speed 10 flying unit that's fearless, at 160 points, you're not going to find that in a lot of lists. You know, I, I agree with you. Generally, I only, only ever run troops, but you could take a regiment and it's they're cheap enough that you can squeeze in of Strength potentially on them. A mm-hmm. uh, helm of the ram, because they are so, so mobile, would be really easy to use on them. And so they do become a, a great, almost light cavalry unit.
1: Yeah. The only problem is Soul Flayers exist. For five points
4: more Uh, that's true and they have 12
1: attacks so like where are you putting phantom regiments in that soul flayers couldn't occupy
4: you have the same problem we're going to come up with shadowhound troops though or needle fangs in general so i mean yeah we'll talk about those in a minute though (laughs) you know
1: specters by the way i want to hear this (laughs) Uh, there isn't really a whole lot to say about phantoms because like they're they're flying chaff they're really good at their
4: job a lot of people like to say gargoyles are the best draft in the game, and I really want to tell them you haven't played Phantoms Nightstalkers yet because I think Phantoms, even though they're like 20, 25 points more expensive than gargoyles, are just better than them in every single way by far. Better nerve, more attacks, better they defense. They don't have Like Do I? You,
1: you don't get them wavered in front of something. You can yep. I d- usually withdraw and sidestep five inches, and then you clear your path. <laughs> So, like, there's a lot of extra play that they get.
4: And to Joey's point earlier, I I have seen them, you know, I have seen them die at 10s and 11s on nerve tests an awful lot. I've also watched players shoot lightning bolt at them from multiple wizards three and four times at a single troop, three or four turns at a single troop, and not kill them, you know? Um, So they they can be sneaky durable, you know, especially if you can get them in some terrain or something like that and just have that 20-inch threat bubble to say, oh, hey, you know, watch what you're doing here, so... And they're fantastic for scenario play. They're they're a great scenario unit for just about you know, aside from maybe dominate, just about any anyone any scenario out there. They they're they're gonna give you lots of utility for that.
1: And they're getting a the flank. 2404s is a respectable flank. Um, for a Bane Chan target. Like they actually you have to appreciate them.
3: Well, let's get in and talk about ranged infantry. I find it ironic <laughs> that we've got you know the stealthy army and yet we don't like you guys, don't like this unit, so let's talk. Who wants to take us through Spectres?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, uh,
1: I think I wrote on my great system D minus for this one, and the only thing was they unlocked that. That was their redeeming. effect. <laughs> I guess I'll go over the stat line too. But they have Pathfinder, doesn't that make them amazing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh so you can take a troop, regiment, or horde, um, their speed six. They hit on sixes because they're archers in melee. Uh, hit on fives in shooting. Defense three. Um, so you got your basic kingdom and archer profile there. 810 attacks, like most archers, 90, 120, and 200 points. Um, the nerve bands are 911, 13, 15, 20, 22. The important part is their shadow bolts. It's an 18 entry and shooting attack with piercing one. The problem here is. 18 inches pierce one is not really that good on five up shooting like it just it does not play um you take a regiment of these to unlock and you think you're getting just a nice cheap unlock that might contribute a few wounds here and you realize that they only did four over an entire game like they hit on sixes an awful lot and then you just do zero wounds when you shoot with them like it's it's just it's not effective on the table so it's if you take them, it feels a lot like dead points. Like you could have just taken scarecrows if they were going to sit on an objective.
4: And the, the challenge is they don't really they don't have steady aim. Most of your your eighteen inch range yeah. band shooting units have steady aim on them, right? And so you kind of get where the, the the rules committee and the game designers went with it was like, okay, then here's a shooting unit. Everybody else that will be shooting at it is going to have to deal with the stealthy that the unit has, right? So we're not giving them steady aim to kind of offset that right generally your 18 inch shooting units as well are ranged four not ranged five right um and so instead the specters now have taken a double whammy in that you know if they're out of range they got to move in range to shoot and they're taking a minus one to hit so that put them on sixes now and if there's any kind of cover or the you know there's lots of stealthy options out there now for a lot of armies with you know the 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 library of knowledge or whatever they call it now, you know, you can throw, you know, veil of darkness, whatever it is, give stealthy aura out to a unit. Yeah. Ogres can um, be stealthy if they want to. <laughs> yeah. Or you can just, you know, I mean, there's lots of stealthy units out there. There's the, uh, the twilight Ken uh, special character that has a stealthy aura. There's just too much out there that, that can get stealthy or they're just in the woods. They're in terrain. And so now you're hitting on sevens. And then they're shooting at you and hitting on fives typically if it's another ring, you know, 18-inch shooting unit. And it's just, I mean, they are a little bit cheaper than a lot of those other units, right? But it's just, I've never seen anybody take them ever, even in a casual game. You know, it's just everybody kind of looks at it and says, this is, this is terrible. This is a horrible, horrible unit. Chris Fisher,
1: at one point, he was practicing as King of Men artillery list. And he had an Allied regiment, of specters and a banshee i think that was the only time i've ever seen this unit on the table um and that was just because he was going gun lines he was like i'll take the shooting unlock and then he played a couple games on ub kit with it and was like this is pointless like it literally is doing nothing for me mm-hmm. um it, the worst part is in second edition these were flame bearers they were stealthy yep. flame bearers and because because it's a dual kit, so when you buy Scarecrow's, you get specters as well. It's multi-kit. They got a horde option, and they didn't get the four-up shooting in the study aim like flame bears got. They got this new profile, and it just it does not play well on the table. Um, why,
3: why do they have Pathfinder, anyways? I, I,
1: I have no idea when you would use it. Like, are you charging on your 6-up melee very often?
4: Um, I mean, Does it, does it offset the, the moving um, a move no. order in terrain? No, you the- still count it. So I mean, then I don't there's know. no good. You
1: know.
3: Well, let's let's keep this ball rolling. Let's get into the cavalry. Uh, we've got shadow hounds. So this is
1: Nathan's other unit.
3: Yeah, this is Nathan. This is this is the unit that I have been eaten alive. So go ahead, Nathan.
4: <laughs> Tell us about the shadow hounds. Uh, shadow hounds are a great light cavalry unit. Um, speed ten, melee four, defense four. You can take them as either troops or regiments. Um, troops are 10 attacks 11 13 nerve 125 regiments are 20 attacks 14 16 190 points uh they come with mind thirst nimble regeneration five up stealthy and thunderous charge one um the fact that they are a speed 10 nimble cavalry unit uh is a is a big deal um you know there's not a lot of out there they can they can provide that counter threat to a lot of other flying cab out there, uh, Dracons, you know, um, the, the new Kings of Men, Flying Beast Cavalry, uh, things like that. They are great to kind of sit there and put you in that standoff to say, okay, then, you know, you want to try to bring that in to get to the juicy stuff, I'm going to ground you, you know, um, because they have enough attacks that they will, they will wound something and they will disorder it and they're going to tie it down for a couple of turns until you're your nastier units can actually get up there and engage with it. You know, I, I've found an awful lot though, that they are a waiver magnet. Um, you know, even with region five, I can't tell you the number of times I've had an opponent do just a few wounds to them and, you know, get a decent really they roll a 10 or 11 and Oh, Hey, you're stuck now, you know, <laughs> that's the shooting That's the hand to hand, or whatever it is. Right. So, but if you, you can squeeze them around in a flank, you do squeeze them around. Um, into, if you can, into a rear of somebody, you know, you're, you're dropping so many dice. And that's something that the, the Nightstalk Army in general is great at doing. It's just mm-hmm. dropping buckets of dice on your opponent, just, you know, overwhelming them with that. They can do some serious damage. I like putting brewish Sharpness on these guys uh, because you're getting it at the cheaper price point as a regiment. Going to melee three and Thunder's Charge one is a big deal. Um, that melee three is, is a really, really good, spot for them where they can really put a hurt on other light cab or even like I said heavier cab and, and, and flying units. So yeah.
1: meet a madness for a phase two if you want to make them speed 11. a half yep. eleven they're also really good takes. Um headstrong's also actually not a bad call here. Yeah. Uh, just to give you a shot at getting that charge off. Um so now it's a really good unit. Uh for me it competes with a couple of the other kind of speedier elements. Um so uh, the regiment is what we're talking about. By the way, uh, that's what I would recommend. If you're gonna take a troop, it's probably better to just take the phantoms. Yeah, um, you just you shave twenty points. You're still flying, and like you get fearless.
4: And I mean, that's that's kind of the thing that you know the the, the formation. Since the, we'll go, ahead with, I think it's a good time to talk about that. The formation that the nightstalkers got in Clash of Kings twenty two is a formation of three troops. Uh, Shadowhounds, and um, what they gain is for five points, they get Slayer um, melee D6 at that point. All three troops of it, right? But, like Joey said, the problem is, troops of Shadowhounds, at that point you really just want to take, if you're taking troops of this sort of thing, you want to take troops of Phantom, because even though they don't have regen and thunder's charge, they've still got a good number of attacks at the troop level compared to the troop of Shadowhounds, and they're fearless, and they're flying, so Same speed, but they're not limited by intervening units, things like that. It's easier to get them around to where you want.
1: But the Shadowhounds excels in that regiment base where they they have the options of like corkscrews. If they get through with that, um, you get a lot more playability with that regiment. (laughs) I'll also say this formation is probably my second least favorite formation in Clash of Kings twenty two because it's got to be the least inventive formation that they like. Three troops is just kind of so boring. There's no hero. They didn't even change the size. Like, two troops yeah. and regiment would have been fun. You, that could have been played around. That would have been like a, a here build-around-me formation. Uh, but three troops is just like, okay, you're either taking phantoms or you're taking this as your chaff. That said, the effect's good. Like, Slayer D6 can be really fun on them if you
4: get them in the right spots. The problem is, is troops, though, even though you're getting extra attacks... They don't have enough punch on their own to really capitalize on that, right? You're only hitting on fours, and you're only Thunder's Charge one, right? Yeah. So you're not oh, going to pick a, Yeah, it's only five points, but you're just not going to pick up enough of it. And the opportunity cost to take Troops of Shadowhounds versus Troops of Phantoms, just, you know, why would you? I just don't know why you would see that. So. Yeah.
1: and we'll go over this later, but I rate Regiments of Fiends way higher than those Troops of Shadowhounds as well. And at that point, they cost the same. And I would much rather have a Regiment of Fiends. Awesome. So we want to take us through the Swarms? Needle Fangs. Uh, so this is just your Swarm option here. Uh, so they are a regular. Uh, speed 7. Melee 5. Defense 2 up. Uh, they have Fly, Nimble, Stealthy, and most importantly, Strider uh at the regiment level they get 12 attacks they're 9 11 at 80 points for a horde you get 24 attacks the 12 14 at 135 points this is a unit that i've wanted to play around a lot um i don't have any models for it personally um you could definitely green stuff some stuff for it um it it has a cool little like you can be really inventive on what you want to use for needle fangs or it could be boring and use hurglings um, but Maybe it has a model for it, don't they? It's like, yeah, a it it's a pretty cool yeah. like worm swarm thing. It's a cool unit. I haven't actually put it on the table. I know um Trash, uh one of the call to arms ran like six of these and did really well. The fact that they fly and they have strider can actually catch you out. Cause you usually want to ignore your swarm, your opponent's swarms, because they don't do a whole lot outside of torture souls, but they're a unique exception. Um, you want to hit the thing behind this swarm, but if you do that with the needle fangs, they, they will throw dice. like they throw a very appreciable amount of dice. And because they fly and have Strider, they're always hitting on that five.
4: We keep all, I keep falling back into the opportunity cost thing with these this unit, right? I mean at 80 points, okay, then I'd rather spend another, you know 25 and take a troop of phantoms over a regiment of Eagle thanks. you know you know I just kind of always struggle to figure out where these fit in the list. If I'm down to 80 points and I don't want to take any other magic items, I would probably generally want to take a troop, uh, Regiment of Scarecrows at that point instead. You know, um, yeah,
1: That's why I haven't personally run them. Uh, it's just it's a unit that intrigues me. I feel like this is a unit that has a lot of potential, and Trace has showed that in what he's taken on UB. but um, I think this is a unit that you could play around. It's just it's really hard to say that Phantoms aren't better. Mm-hmm.
3: I just wonder why do they have Strider if they hit on fives? Like, what...
1: I mean, I guess it's a flying It's really fun. It's a fun little thing. You you can can fly into the
3: woods, right? 24
1: attacks on fives. You can actually do a little thing with them. Uh, The Horde is really nasty you can flank with that, because you get 48, even if you're hitting on fives. Who cares? You you will just roll enough dice to get through it.
3: Well, should we dive in and talk about everybody's favorite unit, the Butchers, Large
1: Infantry? First S tier.
3: That's right. So Butchers, Large Infantry, they're basically their version of Ogres, right? So Speed 6. Malay four, defense 5 coming in a regiment in a horde. unit strength two and three, attacks nine and 18. All right, so nervous 13, 15, and 16, 18. Awesome. But crushing strength two is great. I mean, the mind thirst and the stealthy is, is the same as all the other good stuff. But, you know, for me, this is the unit that, like, okay, this is where you get most of your crushing strength, right? You get, and you can really hit like a ton of bricks. Obviously, hitting on fours can be swingy. I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on butchers? I see at least two hordes in every list.
1: That's actually how Easy Army starts it. You click New List, you click Night Stalkers, and it loads up two hordes of butchers <laughs> so just automatically. This unit is, in my opinion, one of the like top three best large infantry hordes in the game. Um, on a, it is just the most efficient large infantry horde out there. 205, for what it's packing, is an incredible steal. Um, and this is the unit that Stealthy is really important on. Um mm-hmm. Almost anything else in this army, stealthy on butchers, you feel it and you notice when that takes effect. Because the defense four, when you're paying for stealthy, if most shooting lists are aiming at defense five, if they're hitting on fours and then winning on fives, them flipping it and going from hitting on fives to winning on fours is about the same. They have almost identical output. But when you change that to fours and fives to fives and fives, you actually feel that penalty on them. so like these guys, they're hard to shoot off. Even though they're wa- they got a waiver band now, uh, you'll almost never see these guys wavered uh, with no options. Um, really, all it did is said you can't corkscrew as easily.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that that's really the only effect of that nerf. This is it's a foundational unit. Um, they're tanky. They're very tanky. Uh, the sixteen eighteen versus fifteen seventeen that ogres have to deal with is a massive. Just plus one nerve makes a huge difference on this unit, and they're consistent. Six wounds against defense five, eight wounds against defense four. They they take items pretty well. Usually, I'll just go cheap ones like Mesa Crushing is probably my favorite on them, Um, and then they go to seven wounds and nine wounds. So it's just it's a great foundational piece for you to build the rest of your army out around of.
4: I really like Pathfinder on a horde of them, right? Because I don't run as much cavalry in the list as you do, Joey. So just um, yeah yeah so, so i mean because when if you're moving them through terrain even if your opponent has you know if your opponent's running some of those like you know two and three or maybe more war machines right because you know a catapult a cannon stuff like that can put a hurt on these guys right even though they're hitting on sixes now but if you put something like pathfinder on them they maintain that speed to get across the table Across uh, that terrain, but now your opponent's doubling up the penalty against them. It makes them a really nasty target to shoot at. And Joey's absolutely right. The 16-18 nerve on the horde is fantastic. I know, Joey, you've run the regiments of them a lot too, haven't you?
1: I have. Um, they're probably the second best thick chaff in the Army. Um, I, I really like thick chaff. Um, I was using thick chaff all through second. Um, so that's a big reason why... You, if you look at the list I've run at tournaments, you don't see me using Phantoms. It's because I'm using regiments of butchers or regiments of fiends. Uh, the butcher regiments are just, you're getting all of that durability a really good cost at 125. And if they flank, you get a horde output. And they sit in the front, they take two units to kill. Like even a hammer that you expect to do 10 wins, to defense five might not kill these guys in one go. Um, so they're really good at just setting setting you up for a good multi-charge or a good flank charge.
4: That melee four can really prove swingy you though, you know. can like you, uh, you, you can expect six on defense five, eight wounds on defense four, and you'll have games where you'll have a horde and it's doing four wounds a turn. And that's yeah. just that's just like that game, you know. There's that's a game
1: that. I had against Jeremy fall where I took out a legion of zombies in one turn with a horde of butchers where I just got 17 hits, 17 wounds, and then just rolled the 10. And he was like, well, this is stupid, or the 11 I needed. He's was like, this is just dumb. But, you know, you don't rely on that. But they are a good, reliable multi-charge piece. You can build around mm-hmm. this and say, this will do 6, this unit will do 5, now I'm comfortable with this charge.
4: And to your point about cheap magic items, you know, um, some of the other ones like, uh, you know, the brutal magic items, a great add-on now, you know, for 10 mm-hmm. points. slapping that on all- mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, I would not take big damage output items. They're not worth putting, like, sharpness on. They are not really worth putting elite or vicious on because you're paying a horde price for that for only 18 attacks. Any of your smaller magic items, probably 20 points or less, you know, it's, it's hard to go wrong. Yeah. Either
1: I, I've run vicious on a horde, um, but that was more of a luxury tax. Like, I had 25 points left over, so why not turn mason to vicious? Because I had nothing better to do with the points, but yeah, mace, uh healing brew, uh Iron Resolve, the Iron Resolve item that I'm blanking on the name on.
4: Yeah. Or life leech. Yeah, life yeah. leech item.
1: There's a lot of really good cheap items that you can throw on these guys, and you'll never be upset at what butchers do.
3: And you gotta have two of these hordes in your list, right? They're
1: large infantry and large cavalry unlocks and night stalkers because there's no war machine. There's only mm-hmm. the monsters, titans, and heroes. So large infantry and Large cav work really well at playing around with your unlocks because it it lets you mix and match your monsters, titans, and heroes the way you want to. Whereas like infantry unlocks only give you one monster or titan and one hero, so you can you can play around a little bit better and come up with different math if you're taking butchers and fiends as your unlocks.
3: Awesome. Well, let's get into the monsters. We're going to start with the horror reverse who's got a different profile now uh, in Clash of Kings 2022. So this is a cool. monster. It's still bad. Uh, Monster, it's height 2, speed 6, melee 3, defense 3, unit strength 1, which is a change, right? Because before it was no unit strength, I think. So it's an individual before. I gotcha. Gotcha. And D6 plus 6 attacks, 11, 13, nerve, 110 points. This is where it it gets a little interesting. It's got the aura spell ward, crushing strength 1, dread, nimble, mind thirst, and stealthy. So I'm wondering, you know, you guys have been talking about some of these units that are very susceptible to lightning bolt. Lightning bolt doesn't care about stealthy, right? But it does care about spell ward, right? Mm-hmm. Does this does this does this make your list yet, or no? It's still just garbage. At 150,
4: I've not been able to fit it in at 110 points. I mean, let's be honest here, right? The reason this 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 unit exists is because Mantic's Night Stalker Vanguard Sprue. Spits out like 17 cores per warband. So they're trying to figure out something to do with those models. And it's just, I
1: think this unit's really good. I know Nathan doesn't like it because he sees 11, 13, defense three. And it's like, man, that it, the spell word aura is the only reason you're taking this. So you're not taking it for its output. Um, you're taking it to protect your Reapers. You're taking it to protect your Soul Flayers. Um, And it does a really good job at that because if somebody packs enough Lightning Bolt to threaten those units, then they'll target this instead. Um, So at worst, it's either making them hit worse or it's buying you a turn if they're shooting. Um, Which for 110 points is pricey, but I think it has a really good place in the army. I've only gotten to play around with it for a couple of games um, just because it is so new. I think this kind of has a spot. I wouldn't chagrin you for not taking it, but I do think if you're running certain... Builds or certain unit types. This has definitely a place. Like because you're not looking to combat it, you can like put soul flares up, double this thing twelve. You don't care, and then just cover your soul flares so they can't be scorched or
4: weak. Here, here's the thing though, right? So you're talking about using it for the 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 spell ward war, right? But if you're a night stalker player, you're running a horror or you're running a shade, right? And you can take the banner of Abishar for 20 points and get the same effect.
1: You can, but yeah. if I'm running a horror, I'm running Conjurer's stuff. Like
4: It, it comes preloaded with that. <laughs> um,
1: so but that's because Banechant 2 is so unreliable.
3: Uh, does, the dread, did, does the dread on this thing ever come into play?
1: It has in the couple games I've run it because it's usually in the center or it's a, it kind of supports that way. Um, I just commented on a dash twenty eight stream where the dread came up a couple times. Uh, it's just kind of a nice to have, honestly. It's easy to forget this one has it, <laughs> versus some of the other ones, but it it helps. Like we haven't really discussed dread because I don't think we've hit the dread monsters quite yet. We're getting well, there. Night, We're getting there.
4: Night are spoiled for dread as well. I mean, we have a lot of units that have dread on. So I mean, um, generally you're probably going to have at least one or two in play. Uh, whatever your army build, generally,
1: so. I normally have three or four.
4: Yeah.
3: Well, who wants to get into the next? Uh, pick, pick one of the next monsters and take it.
1: I'll take uh, the planar apparition. And give no, them. no, I want to take the. <laughs> <planar> <laughs> 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 All right.
4: I'll no, take that's the shocking. Screen, I'll I figured, take
3: everybody wants to talk about the mind screech.
4: I mean, both I mean, of us are going to be really good. So yeah. So I, I mean, I'll start with the mind screech. I'll let Joey have the planar apparition. So okay. Um. Mind Screech, uh, Monster, it's 150 points, Speed 6, Melee 4, Defense 4. Um, has five attacks in hand-to-hand, 13-15 Nerve. Uh, special rules, it has Fly, Mind Thirst, Nimble, Pathfinder, and Stealthy. And then it comes with three spells, Lightning Bolt 6, Mind Fog 6, and Wind Blast 6. Um, this is a fantastic utility piece. It is easy to fall into the trap of taking three of them. Um, And unless you have a specific plan for how they're going to run, I don't know that you would ever want to take three. But Lightning Bolt 6 on a height 5 platform is a phenomenal option. Um, It allows you to shoot over any of those big, nasty hordes in front of you um, and target the juicier individuals, the juicier stuff behind them, um, without taking a cover penalty. Uh, the unit is not overly fast at speed 6, but it is nimble, and it has Pathfinder, so it is it is okay at scenario play. Um, there have been a lot of games that I've played, you know, playing loot, plunder, something like that, where rather than having the mind screech shoot the first turn, I take advantage of Pathfinder, and it's, it's fly, and it may hop up and take a, a loot token or something like that, just to kind of scoot it back a little bit and force pressure on the side of the table. Um, Windblast 6 is a great scenario option as well. Um, you know, the range on it and the speed of the Mind Screech means it can it can affect units on tokens uh, late game, uh, just about anywhere on the table. <clears throat> push them around, push them off of it, something like that. And so while Windblast is easy to counter just with positioning other units around what you don't want your opponent to Windblast, it's still a a consideration your opponent has to make and it's restricting their mobility, restricting their options if they have to account for and counter your options to play wind blast. Right. Um, The one thing that kind of gets me about this unit is the mind fog six. You know, I'm sure that's factored into the points somewhere. And I guess there's somebody somewhere that, that said, Oh, all the spells got to be 666, right? Just for for, for whatever reason they did that when they wrote the unit (laughs) profile up. But, I mean, I've used Lightning Bolt extensively off these units. I use Wind Blast a lot off this unit. I think maybe twice I've used the Wind Blast or the Mind Fog off of of a Mind Screech, right? Um, Because it's only a six-inch further range than Lightning Bolt. And while you do have extra rolls you have to make with Lightning Bolt, that mind fog six. If you're within thirty inches, you kind of want or from the the mine so you can move six and shoot. You almost want to go ahead and just try to do wounds with lightning bolt rather than just force a nerve test with mind fog. So,
1: yeah, um, I think where mind fog really comes in is probably if you're running three. Um, this the third one is going to cast the mind fog, uh, in the chain, uh, mostly because if you're looking at a unit and you're looking at fives twice or maybe fours twice. Why even bother roll the lightning bolt, right? Just roll the mind fog six, make it threes, just clean it up. Um, you're gonna have another source of mind fog later on. Uh, we will, um, yeah. but <laughs> usually the choice if you're running three mind screeches, you're taking the third mind screech, or you're taking the planar apparition. Uh, typically, that's what I find. Just due to the way the unlocks are, you probably have room for three of them, but you're gonna pick two and one, or all three are gonna be mind screech. Uh, the other thing I will say is this unit is the MVP of Rays. Um, mm-hmm. Time and time again, it is the best unit at Rays. Um, for the same reason that Wingit's are the best unit at Rays, anything that flies and scores on a fifty millimeter base is just incredible for that kind of scenario play. I run two personally, um, and I've cast Mind Fog or Wind Blast way more than I cast Lightning Bolt typically. Um, that's just a personal thing. I find a lot of times, if you just wind blast a unit enough, a player's just going to get frustrated and make a mistake with it because, like, they moved it six inches up, you wind blasted it six inches back, and then they might do a positioning error because they have to keep fiddling with this unit and they were keeping it holding some type of angle. Um, so it, I like it for the wind blast. I do think this unit probably could use a tweak. Um, of some sort, like probably just five dice when you spell would make it a little bit more fair. I think at 150 points, it's just a ridiculously good all around unit.
4: I mean, the wind blast is also if your opponent's not paying attention to like impassable terrain, something like that, mm-hmm. pushing a unit back behind that and wedging them in. Um, it's like Kyle
1: Peach at Masters, and I pushed a horde of Dracons eight inches back through, like he had them at the front end of a forest, and I pushed them all the way through and three inches behind it on turn six so it's like i can give you a rear charge to the willfather it didn't matter you can't see him anymore
4: like, i want to say i did that I, it was either adam ballard or maybe ryan Munzola did that too at the new york masters
1: it comes up it.
4: a lot yeah. more than you think it would well i mean it, like you said it, th- those enemies are okay then we're going to tow into the terrain so we can see out of it no now you can't see out of it you know you, you only need like one or two successes it makes it really tough for them they have to commit in position so like i said the, the challenge with wind blasts is you know it's great until your opponent just barely cocks some some unit right behind it and there is the direction you would want to well wind blast is off the table now right he, he doesn't i can't move him in
1: the other amazing monster so the planar apparition it's a monster at uh, speed seven hits on threes it's defense three it has one unit strength four attacks 13 15 nerf and it costs 165 points it has every special rule in the game and Heal 7 and mind fog 2. Uh, so it's, it's actual specials. It has Crushing 1, Dread, and Snare, Nimble, Regen 4-Up, and Stealthy. And it actually used to have Pathfinder back in second, so it had more. This thing is incredible. Uh, I, I can't say enough good things about it. It also has an option for Icy Breath and Bastion, which I guess I'll go over later. But it's just you should take one. In most lists, like, I think you need a reason to not take a planer versus
4: a reason to take a planer. Heal
1: 7 it's is
4: incredible. It's such a great support piece because it complements everything, every unit in, in your army, you know? Mm-hmm. Heal 7, Mind Fog complements your mind screeches and shooting like that, right? Dread complements your hand-to-hand unit because it's going to be around them to be able to put heal in. So when they charge in, it's just... It gets
2: takes
1: it, it, it
4: a gets, lot. Yeah. Right? it's in combat. It's calf, okay. You know, oh hey, that's a fantastic unit that's gonna charge out of there hindered. Let me put an ensnare unit right in front of that as well, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean it's it really does bring everything to the table, and at 165 points, it's a fantastic, fantastic spin.
1: With the regen four up like it I've seen it stall out a lot of units. Um now it is defense three, so sometimes it just randomly dies. Um that that does happen. But it's just it's such a complete package of a monster. Um, I don't know that you would run more than one. Um, Two is probably the max, never three. But it's you should look at bringing one if you're
4: not. Do you ever take the upgrade spells? I mean, I don't think I've ever taken either Icy Breast or on it. You know, it's just... I've thought about it, but uh,
1: usually I end up putting an item somewhere instead. Like, it's usually it would come out of my item tax rather than run it pure. Bastion is interesting for that rally, like making your butchers 1719. 19 um, could, it, it has play. I've just I've never found the room in my list where I wanted to take it.
4: Um, and that, any, any two-dice spell is, is kind of swingy, right? And that's to your point also earlier as well, right, when you're talking about the the monsters you take. I have run plenty of times three features and a planar apparition, and that is kind of a finesse build because you're tying up a lot of extra points in unit strength one units. And that mind fog too, man, yeah, it's it's it should be a 75% or that 25% seems, it's awful big 25%, <laughs> you know? Yeah,
1: and honestly, I think that's kind of why I don't like to run the other two spells uh, on it, because I don't want to pay any more when it has two spells already. Like, when you put mm-hmm. three spells on a unit, it you tend to feel really inefficient, unless you're putting it on that unit for a very
4: specific reason. I would be okay with giving a swap option for it, right? Say maybe, maybe drop the unit price to like 145 and then for 25 points, pick one of those three spells if you want to take that as an upgrade. Like you it know. just comes with mind fog and you would buy the heal, or no, it just comes with heal. I, no, 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 uh-huh. Heal, uh-huh. Of, course.
1: Uh-huh. Heal, of course, heal, of course. heal, <laughs> heal so well. freaking good. <laughs> That's why you play test, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, definitely take a planer, Uh if. If you're thinking about what to do with your Night Stalkers, this is a really good unit that just just added.
3: What models are you guys using for your for your armies?
1: I am using a 3D printed one. Um, it's supposed to be like the King in Yellow from Cthulhu. Yeah, so I just have a three D printed one. Uh, there's a ton of three D printing options for Night Stalkers because you can
4: tap into that Cthulhu kind of vibe. I'm mm-hmm. using a Reaper Bones model because uh, you know, Bones is super duper cheap love it it doesn't the bottle i'm using doesn't quite fit on the base on a 50 mil base exactly is it a dark think, young or a dark one yeah it's a dark dark young i think is what it's called yeah, it's portal, which is really confusing when we play each other i know i've had <laughs> <laughs> but um like I said i mean night stalkers are even if you don't want to run the mantic models there's so many options out there to to, to do a night stalker army with that i mean any any kind of creepy monster looking thing, you can pass it off, to whatever, you know. So I mean it's it's got choices. So well, I know I know for
3: me I'm using uh one of the monsters from the nameless. So uh, yeah, I'm using uh, a bunch of the monsters from the nameless faction. like generic Cthulhu monstery in your head kinda nice talkery monsters, right? So some have wings, some don't. So you know, you could use one for a void lurker and you could use one for a planar apparition, so well, awesome, guys. Let's get into the large cavalry. I know this is uh, a couple of units that I, see a lot of usage. And I know we'll start with Nathan and the Fiends. <laughs>
4: You're making Joey angry. This is, <laughs> <be> Joey. Joey <laughs> I'm is just kidding.
1: I just, I just, <laughs> Joey, why don't you kick us off with the fiends?
4: <laughs> All right, so
1: fiends. Uh, so they're gonna be your large cavalry. Uh, they are speed eight, so they actually match cavalry speed, which is actually pretty unique for large cavalry. Uh, most of the time, you get speed seven out of them. Uh, they hit on 4s Their defense four. At a regiment, your unit strength two, you got 12 attacks, 13, 15 nerve, they're 130 points. For a horde, you have three unit strength, 24 attacks, 16, 18 nerve, 215 points. They're crush one, stealthy, vicious melee. Personally, I like to use these as my true hammers. Um, I think these guys soak up items so well. Both levels, um, you're not iteming up the regiment obviously, but they're they're very effective multi-tools where if you put, I like to run sharpness, I like to run elite. Um, Elite's my personal favorite on them. Typically with elite, you'll see 15 hits a charge. Um, as long as you're not hindered. So usually I'll run Elite and Strider. That's my two, because I'll take two boards. So one of them's going to get 15 hits, get a Bane Chant. that's 15 hits CS2 Vicious. It's just an incredible amount of output for only 245 points. I find these guys can outperform Reapers. They shouldn't on the dice, I know that, but because they have the speed and they have the height, um, they're a lot easier on you to play, for me. Their height is a big deal for this army. Uh, Being height four and being able to project that hammer over the hill means that you can go to any table and say, two of these terrain pieces don't matter to me anymore. I am just gonna play over them and project as much as I want. And when your hammers are speed eight, you can play a very aggressively passive game where you wanna take that standoffish approach, but you're pushing forward at the same time doing it. And fiends really excel at enabling that. The regiments are also, in my opinion, the best thick chaff this army has to offer because it's a speed eight thick chaff. Thirteen fifteen is really good nerve for 130 points at 12 attacks. CS1 vicious. Like if you're looking at an infantry regiment, you could put that on an infantry regiment column speed five, and armies wouldn't mind that. It's just an all-around incredible unit. Um, I, I love two hordes. I've run up to eight regiments. Um, and I've had success with anything in between that.
4: And you say, you know, they, they take items really well. I think that is almost one of the... Personally, I feel is almost a downside with them. is It's not that they take items really well. It's almost that they require <laughs> items. You I don't like it wants to. But
1: if you run blank, they have to occupy the open space in the table. Yeah. Um, it, it shoves them into that, which is a downside. But I find, like, Strider for a 231 lets you play the terrain one, and then the open side is probably your elite side. If you're putting an item on it, you're probably putting hinder mitigation so i include elite in that because these guys are rolling 24 dice um so they, they hit a, a certain mass where elite does kind of help in
4: that regard i've, I've been running you normally if, if if i'm not running the second regiment of reapers with it i like to put brute strength on these guys or if you want to try to squeeze and be a little more budget conscious on it i've been playing with helm of the ram on a horde for a while here right Again, like you said, you've got to really find the open space on the table where they're going to be able to get the unhindered charges. Otherwise, you're just kind of wasting 15 points, giving them, you know, it's still another way of getting that that extra pip on the dice with a nerve roll. Um, yeah, and with the vicious, their, it adds up real fast. Yeah, playing into their vicious is huge. You want to do that. And, you know, you mentioned doing a keeping a Bane chant in your arm, know, right? And that's kind of a difference in our play styles because I'm normally running a lot more regular infantry. And I don't want to really take more than one horror typically, so he's got my bane chant, and he is sitting back with regular infantry, and generally not going to be close enough to throw the bane chant at the fiends. Mm-hmm.
1: So. Yeah, you know, one thing I have been playing around with is the crown of the wizard king to so give your bane chant eighteen inches, which um, I don't know if that's better than conjurer staff. To be perfectly honest, I haven't gotten enough games with it because I really like having bane chant three, which is what conjurer staff is giving you. Mm-hmm. Um, so they both sit at that same point level. And um, I think, you could argue that Crown is a little bit better because it lets you play the horror near the butchers. But a lot of times, I'll just put the horror behind the fiends and just kind of roll with it because the sixteen-inch charge range if the horror is behind the fiends. He can walk
4: six. Yeah. I do want to back up on the fiends though, right? Okay, Mantic, you've made some much better models. <laughs> they are, they are s- to put together for
3: sure, man. They, they are very, have-
4: very difficult. You better have a jeweler's loop and, uh, you know, some kind of engineering background to put these damn things together. Holy crap. You guys, I get there lots of filly little legs. But, and that's another challenge, too, right? These things are supposed to be height four, and butchers are taller than them, you know, the, the actual mantic fiend models. So, I, guys, you, you're, you're knocking it out of the park with some of your other stuff. Your fiends were a miss. They were a real big miss.
2: So. I feel
1: like
4: that's one they could just recast, like,
1: upscale it. And, and the legs are supposed to be marked in there, but the legs are so tiny you can't read them.
2: Exactly, it's hard to see it. Yeah. yeah.
1: So like, if they were just ten percent larger, it'd probably be a much better. So, so
3: and and uh, Gaddafi, Mo Gaddafi's uh, instructions
1: I'm putting together is just
3: don't give a crap. Just put whatever leg looks, just put a leg in a <laughs> put a leg in a hole,
1: and move on. Just actually put no legs. Just like dry brush the the hole slots and then peg them, and then just like have cool. them float.
4: I mean, I went and got some, some, some pre-painted D&D big spider-looking things, right, that I love, but I can only fit three on a horde base. So, um, But, uh, I mean, these are great to find an alternative model for you guys or find something to 3D print because <sighs> the Reapers, I like. Butchers are fantastic models. Mines, creatures are great models. The Scarecrow kit, even though you're never going to assemble them as specters, are good models, right? Shadowhounds are good models. Not great, but good. Phantoms are really good models, right? As long as you don't throw the tongue away, which is really easy to do on the <laughs> um, But these fiends, man, mm, guys, be careful with that one. <laughs> awesome. Well, you want to take us into Soul Flares? Uh Sure. So Soul Flares are your other large cavalry option. They only come as a regiment at 165 points. Unit Strength 2, 12 attacks, 13, 15 nerf. Speed 10, melee 3, defense 4, crushing 1, fly, mind third stealthy, thunder's charge 1, and they also have wind blast. So this is a unit that they're irregular, so you can't build around them, but you can certainly make them the focus of your list as long as you bring something else in there to, to get that in, to get the, the rest of it in there, right? Um, they With 12 attacks and plus 2 to wound between crushing 1 and thunderous 1... Um, and they're not a, a, a trivial threat. Now, they don't have nimble, which makes them a little bit harder than some of your other flying units to kind of get them around the sides and try to cross the T on your opponent. But they are a fantastic accompanying unit, harassing unit. They can complicate your opponent's uh, movement phase because they can still move 10 and throw that wind blast uh, across the table. So two or three regiments of these can really cause your opponent a lot of headache in— their movement plans and what they're trying to do to get across the table to accomplish their objectives. Um, you know, I, I've cooked up and, and, and built some wish lists that, that kind of focus on using soul flares is the main, main theme of it. Um, and this is kind of where we get into night stalkers are one of the few armies that you can really build in a lot of different play styles. You want to build a fast cavalry army um You can take fiends, you can take shadow hounds, you can take phantoms, you can take soul flares, and in just those four units, you can build a really, really, really scary alpha strikey type list that's going to give a lot of people a lot of problems because you've got movement shenanigans that you're inflicting on them, and you've got a lot of punch that's going to come in eventually. They didn't need the buff.
1: Um, so, pre C <laughs> 22, they had nine dice. I was already running a regiment, I had lists built that were running six. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I opened the book and they now have 12 attacks And it's like, well, this is just This is defense like, It can define the army if you really want it to um, Three extra dice doesn't sound like a lot But the way it changes your multi-charge math And the way it changes how they flank It used to be this was just an order of Forsaken in the flank Now it's a horde of Drakons with an item in the flank Like that That's how you have to equate it They punch so incredibly hard And most importantly something that we haven't really discussed this is only i think the second unit in the army that hits on threes Mm -hmm. as far as we've gone and this is a really key thing especially for my builds like a lot of my units are hitting on fours soul Flayers hit on threes they're reliable you can actually rely on this unit to do what it was supposed to do Um, and i really like that about it Um, i think most builds are probably going to run two uh, at a minimum, just because of how efficient they are across the spectrum. Like if you built a two thousand point list and spent your last three hundred and change on soul flares, I don't think you'll ever be really upset with what you did.
4: I kind of wish they had nimble still at this price point. I know one hundred sixty five points <laughs> that not would be dirt cheap, but <laughs> I mean, I wish they it, got a horde option.
1: That, that's what I would have preferred over the change they got. But I will take advantage of the change they got while they have it.
4: I think if you give them a Horde option, though, you kind of get into that, that gray area of, or, or is it Fiends or is it Soul players now, you know?
1: Yeah, and no, uh-huh. I have
4: heard that choice, to be honest. Um, as it's <laughs> ants, like, I just don't have my cake
1: and eating it, too, because my Regiment of Fiends just turned into Soul players.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, awesome. Should we get into the Titans? Yeah. We'll get into the big boys. Um, so we'll start off with the Terror, I guess. That's next on easy army, so that's the order I'm going in. Uh, so, the Terror, it is a Titan. Uh, it's speed 7, hits on 3, is defense 3, unit strength 1, 10 attacks, it's dash 19, 250 points. It's CS2, ensnare, regen 4 up, stealthy strider. So, I personally don't run the Terror anymore. I ran him a lot in second. Um, I've alluded to this. Nice used to be a shambling army. Um, a lot like Undead, the Terror used to shamble, which was amazing for this profile. Like, it was just an incredible unit back when you could surge flank with it. Uh, now, with the 75mm base, I don't find the Ensnare region to be as valuable as it used to be. Um, it's kind of a hard unit to fit in a battle line and fit across a charge without exposing that rear end because um, it's just it's so wide. I haven't really run the Terror much in 3rd. Um, I know it can be really good. Like it's very matchup specific because a shooting list can just focus all of shooting into it and will take it off in one turn at defense three, but a, a melee list can have a really tough time with the terror where I really struggle with the terror is the fact that the planar apparition also has ensnare snare and region four up. So if I was looking for that kind of block the hammer unit, I'd probably just run that instead.
4: Yeah. I've seen it come across and if you don't focus on it, it's almost like, you know, the old 40K trope, you know, the distra- distraction card effects, right? Right. Your opponent has to spend time to deal with it. They cannot ignore it. Now, it's, it's like you said, it's not overly challenging to deal with, right? But it is something that they are going to have to focus on and spend at least a turn or two in shooting or hand-to-hand, you know, picking that off the table. Uh, the 250 price point is what really stings me on that one, right? I mean... It's a great profile, even at 250 points. But there's so much other stuff in the army I'd rather take for at that points level that it's like, eh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't like spending more than 200 points on a unit strength one, you know, model or, or unit out there. Right? Personally, I, I tend to you want to say, you know, roughly one unit strength per 100 points in on my list, and so. You know, you can clean up some of that with, you know, some of your unit strength five units like Bloodworms or, you know, all the unit strength three stuff we have in Butchers and Reapers, etc. cetera. Um, 250 points is a big investment for this or something like, like you said, Joey, a turn or two is going to get pulled, pulled off the table.
1: Most of your gun lines, your good gun lines are going to hit on fours. So if they're hitting this thing on fives and wounding it on twos, most likely uh, like they just need like 40 shots. It's not that hard to kill this thing. And, and that's really where the flaw is. It's great into a melee matchup, but, like, if you're going into Undead, it's not that hard to surge into the same side because the 75-millimeter base is really annoying to protect. So I, I think this one really just suffers from Titan size, um, which I feel like what we've discovered in third is a lot of these Titans kind of suffer for that 75.
3: Well, awesome. Let's jump, yeah, let's jump in and talk about the uh, unique Titan, the Portal of Despair. Speed five, melee four plus, five plus defense. Uh, three attacks, dash 16, 90 points. It has dread. Uh, you can take gradients of Life for 35 points. And they have this rule called Visions of the Void, which, you know, uh, as long as this unit is present in, in play on the table, the, at the start of each of your range phases, you may select a single friendly core unit on the battlefield, regardless of range of line of sight. The selected unit is granted the inspiring special rule. Until the start of the next turn. Uh, oh, and I also like the fact that they've said specifically this is one of those units your base cannot be increased by seventy-five by seventy-five. So, uh, man, that's an interesting. unit. You, you guys, I, I know you guys take this thing.
4: Joey takes it. Joey's beating me with games because games because of just having the portable spare. <laughs> Phantoms had a hard time dealing with the portable spare. <laughs> it's an incredible unit. Um,
1: it's a scenario play, just like God for its points. Um, defense 5-16 for 90 points is probably the biggest steal that I can think of just on point for point. like It's my favorite push token carrier. So if I'm playing push, I'm loading all three on this. It's such a pain in the ass.
3: You're already, you're already speed 5, so you're not losing anything.
1: Which is important for a lot of these units. A lot of the time you are speed 6, and my army in particular likes to go fast, so it wants to play at that speed 10. So it's a great token carrier. But more importantly in pillage, like If there's a pillage token in the back corner of your deployment zone, just stick the portal on it. It's annoying to deal with uh, because that dash sixty defense 5, a lot of your fast stuff isn't going to kill it very fast. And if it's like a dragon that takes two turns on it, or maybe even three, that dragon's out of the game then and now has to sit on that token. And I spent 90 points to deal with it. Um, it. It just plays so well in this scenario. And the biggest thing is that Visions of the Void, it's not inspiring one unit it's inspiring probably five or six mm. maybe even seven because it's giving the unit the inspiring special rule. so everything within six inches of that unit is now inspired as well which is really key for turn one and two especially into a shooting matchup um because like i've played elves with playing with mind thirst i haven't been inspired until turn five mm-hmm. I, I played four straight turns with no inspiring so the portal really helps mitigate that because you can inspire a good chunk of your army and that can save you from that boxcars on turn two that just strips your 250-point unit off the
4: table. You know, if you want to stick it in the middle of your line, it's certainly worth the 35 points to add Radiance of Life in there, right? Um, because there is so much defense four uh, in the, the Night Stalker army, giving Radiance of Life and having a, uh, a planar apparition back there who conveniently, even though he's defense three, can hide behind a portal of despair really well, Um uh, you know, Radiance of Life and Heal 7 goes a long way to mitigate Defense 4 for a lot of units. So.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: It makes it almost impossible to chip into Night
1: Stalkers. Mm-hmm. Well, Nathan,
4: best giant in the game? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. The, the Shadow Hulk is a fantastic giant, even though I, I rarely run him. But um, Phantom, Shadow Hulks are our last Titan model here, right? Uh, speed 6, melee 3, defense 5, um, 75 mil base, d6 plus 6 attacks. Uh, here's where the fun stuff for the Shadow Hulk starts Fearless 20 for only 225 points, Crushing 3, Mind Thirst, Slayer d3, Stealthy, and Strider. So stacking him up against almost any other giant, the only real downside he has is he's got fewer attacks, because they're normally in a D6 plus 8 profile for a lot of the Giants, and he's only speed 6. But, Fearless is, and Stealthy, which is Stealthy is, mitigates the biggest threat to most Giants, which is war machine-type shooting, right? Um, Makes this a fantastic flank model, you know? You you can stick this out on on either side of a, a table, and your opponent's going to have a really, really challenging time to deal with it. Um, you know, Fearless Twenty is makes it really. It, it, it's nothing trivial is going to pick it up in one turn. You know, yeah. um, hey, not even something uh, a even like a dragon something like that. An elf dragon coming in with elite probably doesn't get this in one turn. You know, it, um, it almost so basically can't <laughs> like yeah. tens twice at best. Yeah. So th- there's it's just it's it's a huge it's a huge huge centerpiece unit the mantic model for it you know we we were you know denigrating fiend models earlier. the man the, the mantic shadow hulk model is phenomenal amazing uh, yeah as, as the upgrade kit for the for their 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 giant right you could easily build an army around taking two or three shadow hulks and using those as as your pivots for your for all your play around what your opponent's doing because at the 75 mil base size they only have you know maxing out 12 attacks but that's also limiting what your opponent can bring to bear on them a the single turn, right? So they're not like a horde or a legion that you can risk getting triple charged by Cab or something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, is- when, you,
3: when you compare them to the giant, like you, I love these things over the giant, right? Yes, the giant has crushing string four. Doesn't mm-hmm. really matter versus crushing crushing three is enough <laughs> most yeah. of the time, right? Yes, the giant uh, most of the giants have uh, a slayer D six. Versus this one's got a uh, Slayer D3. Okay. Hitting on fours versus hitting on threes is a huge... Mm-hmm. <laughs> that. Like, I know you got, you know, the regular giant has, can potentially have more attacks with the D6 plus 8 plus D6 Slayer. But, like, threes is a big deal. You, you Very rarely are you going to spike a D3, you know, uh, hitting uh, on
4: threes. So, I mean, you look at it, right? So, uh, D6 plus 8, you're typically going to be in the range 13, 14 attacks, mm-hmm. you know? Hitting on fours, you're six or seven, right? Whereas, uh, you know, with the shadow hulk here, you're, you're going to be in that nine to 10 attack range, but you're hitting on three. So you're still in that, that six, seven potentially, generally, right? Um, including the D3 on there, right? Um, really helps the shadow hulk because it's easier to spike, like you said, those threes than it is to spike off fours. So, yeah.
1: What it really does is it lets them play into, like, an ogre matchup or a large infantry matchup. Like, that's really where the extra D3 is, like, super key because it takes it from this is probably a two-turn to this could be a one-turn. Yeah. Definitely do it in one. Um, I wouldn't rely on it, but it would would be like, if I threw it in there, it would be like, yeah, I got a shot, probably like a 50-50. That'll put 10, 11 wins on it.
3: Well, I I have a story. Uh, Michael Ziegler out of Kansas City made a list for his dad. (laughs) And it was Twilight kin. And he had some soul, and he had a couple of these guys in the list, and uh, I, I thought the guy was crazy. He's like, "Oh yeah, one on one, just go siege breakers." He took out two siege breaker hordes in one turn. I mean, like, like, yes, you don't have a lot of attacks, but they're quality attacks. They're crushing three. They're hitting on threes. You, Mm -hmm. you can count on that, right? Like with with the other giant hitting on fours, you never you never know. I've had it where like. You do a ton of attacks, and, you know, and you hit a bunch of times, or you completely crap the bed. So, I, these things scare me. I, I've, I've been raffle stomped by them with my ogres many a time because these and, guys, and they only
4: got better in Clash of Kings 22. And then the melee three just it offsets so many new features of the game now, right? So, I mean, you know, you take a regular giant and he gets ensnared. He going from hitting the fours on hitting on fives is a major deal for that regular giant, right? Um, similarly, if you're going up against like Nyad and Snares like that, in an army, or, or even like another Planar Apparition, right? Or if you get hit with uh Scorched Earth, you know, the, the spell. Uh, so the hitting on threes and going to hitting on fours keeps the damage profile of this thing up there, where it's still going to be uh, a threat to whatever it's going into. So whereas if you can you can ensnare a regular giant, I mean, well, you know, I mean. It, even if you roll fourteen, you know a, a six, you know you're you're still only probably going to hit four or five times, and that's there's nothing to sweat over. Right. Well, and dash twenty is always
3: better than eighteen twenty with fury, right? Like,
4: yeah. absolutely. So,
1: I like playing these towards the middle, um, not necessarily on the sides. So, like Honestly, you could you could play them almost in the same spots you put butchers, and you'd be really happy with what you got out of it. They play very similar to a large infantry horde in that regard. Um, you could almost take the large infantry out run something else and then just put shadow hopes where they the blisters would have gone it, it, it works really well
3: well should we get yep. into the hero selection there's uh, this might one of the one of these armies that may have the most heroes uh, any of them i don't god the list is long so where do you where do we even start i guess uh joey we, we gotta talk about this dread fiend, right oh
1: lord that's old joey that's pre covid joey so the dread fiend it's a large calf hero Uh, It's speed eight, height four, uh, melee three, defense four up, one unit strength, five attacks, 14, 16 nerve, 135 points. It comes in at CS2, dread, nimble, stealthy, and vicious. I haven't been saying mine thirst, just know it's there. Um, We're just assuming it. So I used to run three of these guys, and I loved them. I still really like this profile. It is an incredibly good utility. Like 135, it's hard to beat this hero. I really have run into an unlock issue in this army. Um, When I ran them, I ran 3x in second. Regiments of Fiends unlocked. Uh, They don't anymore. So where I run into running like a lot of Dread Fiends is I probably only have four hero slots, um, tops. And... So you can't really run 3x of these, I find, for my playstyle. If you're running more infantry, I think you can definitely support more drag fiends. This unit loves Blade of Slashing. I've even run it with Mesa Crushing, because if I'm hitting a defense 5, I might roll a 2. And I just want to say I'm going to do 4 wounds, um, regardless of what I'm hitting. They're awesome, awesome little distraction pieces that you can just put out on their own on the side. You can just say, hey, dragon, please charge me. Like I got a horde of fiends. 8. 10 inches behind me so the dragon wants to charge me come at it He won't pop me i'll flank you i just bought myself a dragon um in the flank 10 attacks on threes crush two vicious is awesome and they make a great multi-charge piece to add that four wounds that like if you're looking at butchers and then you throw a dread fiend in there you have a pretty good shot of at least wavering
3: and dread, right like dredge yeah. you're looking butcher. at probably
1: three four wounds plus dread plus what the butchers do
4: I think the mobility on these guys is what really puts them over the top when you start talking about these large cap or large heroes, right? And it's a um, speed eight one, which yeah, a speed. lot of them are. I mean, really the only comparable units I can think of are, you know, I mean, there's still like Dracon Lords, stuff like that out of the elves. But I mean, speed eight nimble is a fantastic bargain for 135 points. Um, and they've got sufficient enough nerve at 14, 16. They're not trivial for anybody to take off. You know, I mean, somebody puts a horde into it. They've got a good chance of breaking it. But, you know, other heroes, troops, regiments, shooting more hand-to-hand are going to have a really hard time picking this up in a turn or two. And then just the square base, small size, and nimble makes them really good at taking a charge and then potentially corkscrewing around somebody uh, with the nimble, you know. So if somebody's got a troop protecting a war machine and you want to get back behind their line, you can let them charge with that. It's still a height four unit that's nimble. So as long as it can make it to one side or the other and still have enough line to turn and go up to the War Machine one of the second turn, you know, it's really easy to get it back behind somebody. And then now you're talking about 15 attacks in the rear that melee three, crush two, and dread, and vicious. So like Joey said, the, the, the Night Stalker list does suffer from um, kind of some unlocker oh Unlock thirst, right? I mean, they, they want more unlocks. Yeah. Uh, then sometimes you it's really easy to get in there. But if if you're really wanting to run more of these, that's where you know some of the cheaper infantry options make it easy to add unlocks to the list. So
3: yeah, I mean, it should, it should be said. There's now nine hero options here,
4: right? Like there's yeah. a
1: ton of options, and,
3: and you, you know
1: you want a lot of these. Like a mm-hmm. lot of these are very very good.
3: Well, should we get in and talk about the Void Lurker? Uh, <clears throat>
1: Mr. Let's, Mr. Do, let's
4: do the least good one. <laughs> I don't know the least good one. Least good. Void Lurker is <clears throat> a Titan base, uh, speed 10, melee 3, defense 4, 10 attacks, 17, 19 nerve for 270 points. So it's 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 up there. It's one of the more expensive, pretty much. I think it's the most expensive unit in the list. Yeah. Uh, now, sorry, my Bloodworm Legion is more expensive yeah, Sorry. Crush 2, Fly, Mind Thirst, Nimble, Regen 5, Stealthy, and Thunder's Charge 1. And I think that's where you get some of the price decrease compared to some of these other dragons, stuff like that, mm-hmm. is the TT1 versus Crushing 2. You know, I think it's the or cheapest dragon that hits on threes.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: I've found it hard to use this unit. I've played it a few times, played it in a couple of tournaments, and I have a hard time getting in the right headspace to play any dragon, including this one. It takes a certain commitment to be able to take a, a, a unit that's more than 10% of your army and throw it out there, right? If you, if you don't have a lot of other fast-moving stuff, which I typically don't buy builds. So you have to kind of give it a chance to, to operate out there on its own. The fact that it's waverable, the fact that it doesn't have Inspiring for itself, um, make it a, a, a tough unit to, that can – they can sometimes get stuck on an island out there by itself and isolated and killed. So that's the challenges I've had with it. That's probably just more my play style with it than a problem with the unit itself.
1: I don't necessarily know about that, but, you know, I watched you kill a Void Lurker with a Battle Driller once. So, Or <laughs> of a troop of whatever the dogs are. Yeah, yeah, the Mastiff back, yeah. Yeah, he flanked a Void Lurker with a Mastiff back and took it off in one turn. And I was lay mad.
4: Um, uh, 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 but I, I remember that game. That was a fun game in Dallas. That was a good game. So. It was.
1: Um, where I really find the Void Lurker suffers is that Defense Four really restricts it from making the plays that you want a Dragon to be able to make. It mm. it cannot operate on its own uh, because that Defense Four just means it'll get wavered an awful lot more than you would expect a Dragon to. You just can't happens. take chances with it. You really can't. And I think if you're taking the Void Lurker, and I've run the Void Lurker a lot, you have to play it with a certain play style. Uh, I'm going to borrow Ray Shields um, the way he described Scud from Ratkin, or the Demon Spawn. And he called it a suicidal missile. Like If it wasn't dead on turn four, he had failed that unit. And that's really how I like to treat the Void Lurker. I like to think of it as, I am going to suicide this on turn three on whatever charge that I want to guarantee I get a kill on. Because I'm telling my opponent, you will have to kill this Void Lurker this turn. And now the rest of my army can operate around it. And that's really where I've had the most success with Void Lurker the problem really with it is sometimes it just, it gets wavered and now it's this big 75 millimeter in your way. And are you really spending 270 point on just this suicidal chaff piece that doesn't, it doesn't punch as hard as you really want it to. Um, like if it gets hindered and you lose that thunderous, it, it can really suffer. Like it, it has a lot of deficiencies. It's hard to overcome for it.
4: Well, I mean, it, with only 10 attacks and hitting on threes, right. Even if it's not hindered, you know, you, you're really only going to reliably look at it's somewhere between six and eight wounds, right? Yeah. So, which is not enough to kill even, you know, a lot of regiments out there. Um, it doesn't have anything to help the nerve test, like Brutal or Dread or anything like that. So, it like you said, it is real easy for it to, to hit something, not kill it. Then it gets grounded the next turn. So, it can't fly away. It loses Nimble. And now it also doesn't have Thunderous Charge for that second round of combat. This is
1: what I dropped to put a father in my last master's build, um, because it's just the easiest part to just remove. I think it's... Cheddar! Not- Cheddar. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: it worked. <laughs> but, uh,
1: yeah, it's it's a hard unit to run. Um, I think it, it has a place, like, dragons have a place in every army that can take a dragon. Sometimes you just want to speed 10 beat stick. Um, but I think now with soul flayers, where they're at, they occupy that same spot. And you can take almost two soul flayers for one of these.
3: Well, let's talk about the shade. It's an, it's uh, a hero infantry, speed ten, melee three plus defense five, attacks five, eleven thirteen nerve, one hundred thirty five points, crushing strength one, dreadfly, individual, thirst, stealthy, and can take the scream shard.
4: You guys fans of this unit? Until <laughs> until we talk about the living legend version later, you know, yeah, the living legend version is just so much better for this. Well, let's let's just jump right in. So
3: that is the I'm going to butcher this name, so the Shakira. Heads-
1: Shakira. Shakira. Yeah,
3: Shakira. Oh, it's called yeah. Shakira. The Wailing Shadow. <clears throat> yeah. Hero Infantry Spellcaster level two, which is which is awesome. Uh, again, 10 speed, melee three plus, five defense, five attacks, dash 13 nerve. That's a big one. 160 points. So that's only an extra 25 points. And mm-hmm. instead, she's giving you Crushing Three, Dread, Fly, Individual Mighty. Mighty is great. Mind mm-hmm. Thirst, Stealthy, and Strider. And she's got the Beguilement Special Rule. Uh, if, if the, if her enthrall spell causes enough hits that an enemy unit would be able to move into contact with her, the normal one-inch stopping restriction is lifted. After contact is made, basically she gets to charge, right? That's amazing. Reverse. Yeah, so you bring her right in, bring them right into you, make contact, and then you can surge in. However, the charge will not be taken. However, the, the charge unit will not take any nerve tests for any damage it might have taken in the previous range phase, which makes sense because at that point, it's, you're in combat, right? So, just, But she has all 7, so yeah. that's pretty cool, right? Like, but come I mean, here, even,
4: like a scorpion.
2: You
4: know. Even taking the Enthrall and Beguilement out, for 25 points, you get two more Crushing Strength, Fearless, and Mighty. And Strider. Yeah. And, and Strider? I mean, yeah. yeah. It, it's like, for... You know, It's a no-brainer.
3: What were these these playtesters thinking?
4: If you want to run a Shade, don't run a regular Shade. You just need to run Essenceira or whatever her name is. Shakira, right?
1: Shakira. We're starting it here. Take a Shade. And put Blade of the Beast Slayer on it. It's 155 points for conditional Mm. pressure three. For five points, you
4: just get this. Mm. And Um, you still don't have Mighty, and you still don't have Strider. Where I
1: find Shakira works best is in conjunction with Mind Screeches. Um, because the enthrall is in the shooting phase, you can throw lightning bolt 15, 18 at whatever she's going to actually charge. So you just drop her one inch away, you throw all your lightning bolt at it, you put six, seven wounds on it, then she enthralls in, there's dread, there's five more attacks at threes and twos, and you can pick up large infantry hordes doing it that way. I've picked up cavalry regiments. The other thing she does is she fundamentally breaks the way you can move in this game. Um, I've done this to Nathan. I've done it a ton of times. Top of one, I fly her 20 behind a building. I then hop over the building and enthrall in a wizard. Mm-hmm. And now the wizard shut down top of two. Hey, you just you can't cast. And there's nothing you can do because you couldn't draw line of sight to her because she doesn't need line of sight to charge. Like, that's how you really, like, I, you have to think that way with Shakira because it's super easy to throw her away. She's crazy efficient. She's under but it's also very easy to just put her in a spot to get her killed. But you have to think about her as someone that charges out without without regard to line of sight.
4: I've tried her, I've been trying her recently, right, because I needed to add something in to counter some stuff Jeff O'Neill has been doing. I've never, I've never even used the enthrall spell on her, right? For 160 points, just the profile you get without those, that, 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 because she's an individual, so she gets her free turn before before charging and everything else anyways, right? She's, she's a 40-and-a-half-inch a threat bubble to any unit on the table, you know? I mean, it, she's just such a such a utility piece. And like I said, when you compare it to a regular shade, it's it's it really is no comparison. What's the range so on Enthrall? 12 inches. So the is that right?
1: I, I've only cast it one inch away,
4: if I'm being
3: honest. <laughs> you sound <laughs> like the Dan King method. Don't do it unless it's going to work every time.
4: Enthrall is 18 inches, yeah. It's 18, 18 inches. So
3: oh, I mean, she can fly. Man, that's... Fly fly 10 I mean, and still she can area.
4: That way too, And because and because she does damage, you know, even if you don't want to try to get her in, you can look at that. That's an 18-inch fireball seven. Uh she doesn't do damage with her enthron- i Oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm confusing that with the banshee. Sorry, you're right. Yep, sorry. Okay, she,
1: but yeah, she works in conjunction with shooting that way. She adds a dread bubble. She's incredible in combat. Um, uh, just there isn't a spot where she cannot <clears> off <shoot throat> your game.
3: Well, let's talk about the lesser characters. Who, want, who wants to talk about the uh,
4: the the horror? It's horrible. This is the other unit that when you just launch a Night talker army, an easy army, it just slaps one in there with the with the aura and with the, you know, everything else. On it. So I'll talk about the horror because I yeah he's a, he's a unit that I run every game. Spellcaster one, speed six, melee five, defense three. He's a wizard. You're not taking him for any of that, right? Um, one whole attack, eleven thirteen nerve, only sixty five points. So really, really inexpensive uh, as a wizard. Uh, individual mind thirst and stealthy comes natively with lightning bolt three. However, he can add up a, a lot of spell options. Right, he can replace the lightning bolt with bane chant for free, or he can take bane chant two for twenty points, weakness two for fifteen points, mind fog two for fifteen points. Um, he's got the access to the library of arcane knowledge like every other spellcaster does. His big support character aspect here is the vicious aura he gives for regular infantry. So not heavy infantry, not not large infantry, but your Bloodworms, your Doppelgangers, your Scarecrows, your Reapers, all benefit from him. Even your Spectres, if you were to actually take them and let them get into hand-to-hand. Only for 30 points. So if you've got at least two regiments of a regular infantry in the list, 30 points is is like a—you're uh, getting 30 points for 50 points, Right you can, he's giving you Vicious on those two regiments that mm-hmm. would you couldn't take normally, and we'd call you 50 points if you could.
1: Important to add that the aura is not legendary. So if you wanted to run, like, a, a true infantry spam, you can take two of these with that aura.
4: Absolutely. The way I typically like to run them is uh, keep the lightning bolt for turn one and turn two before my main line gets engaged and just have it to chip out there a little bit. But add Banechant, add the aura, and put the conjurer staff on it. Um, so effectively he becomes like a lightning bolt four unit who's throwing a great support aura out there for my regular main line. Um, and can bane chant my reapers when they get in with something a little bit heavier and they want that extra help uh, against a defense five unit or a defense six. Unit if they have to go in for 65 points. Also, he is a great option for taking some of these library of arcane knowledge add-ons you know, Scorched Earth, I think, is a really good choice uh, to put on him. He can get the level 3 variant of it, I think, here. Mm-hmm. So, because he's spoke No, he's only spoke after 1. So, even if he takes... not yeah, it's, Scorched he, Earth's a So, he can get a 3-dice Scorched Earth. Yeah, if you he, wanted he, to put Alchemist, curse, You get a reroll on Conjurer's Staff on Scorched yeah. Earth, so... Yeah. Same with Wilton Parish. Uh, or same with Host shadow beast. although typically we're not taking individual combat characters that are going to be accessible to the horror. Because unlike a lot of wizards, he doesn't have an option for a mount, so you can't get him into height three where he can see over some of this stuff. You know, he's just, he he's super super cheap for what he's bringing to the table as a support hero. Uh, kind of like the planar apparition is as well. It's very easy to run Night Stalkers with only one or two non-scoring units, because really, as we have just a few heroes here that are that are going to take those slots up, so it, it, he's, a, he's a great add. Prior to Clash of Kings 22 and the nerf to the Boomstick magic item, it wasn't terrible to put the Boomstick on him and make him Lightning Bolt 6 instead of just Lightning Bolt 3. Now that it, the Boomstick restricts that back a little bit, I really don't think it's worth it when you can just take the Conjurer Staff and get almost the same effect, you know, for 10 points and then have an effective Lightning Bolt 4 instead of Lightning Bolt 5. But if you're going to run him as a Bane Channer with that Aura, you really, really, really want the conjurer Staff because if you need to cast Bane Chant, you really need to cast Bane Chant. And you really want to make sure it goes off. Just having that reroll in your pocket for that is, is a big deal.
1: So. I've run them without Lightning Bolt. Um, I've done the swap to Beanchant, and typically I'll run him with Weakness um, or Scorched Earth now. Um, anytime I would run Weakness, I almost always swap for Scorched Earth and C OK 22, just because the effect I feel is a little bit stronger on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, it's a 90 point unit. 95 depending on what spells you're putting on them it's a sub 100 caster with effectively Chant 3 and lightning bolt 4 or whatever other spell you put on them incredibly cheap for a wizard yeah and it's why a lot of times i've a lot of my lists will have 15 16 lightning bolt if you count the contour staff um i did try boom stick out for a while pre cok i wouldn't anymore um, and I had already swapped it out for Conjurer's Staff because I found the Banechant too to be a little too unreliable. And when you find that Defense 6 matchup, you are going to want this Bane chant. Like you, you need to have a source fit for this army.
4: My one issue with putting Scorched Earth on a horror right is that he's generally going to be back behind your line. And since Scorched Earth is only an 18-inch range, sometimes against some of those Cav matchups, things like that, that he could easily be out of range mm-hmm. to get in to try to cast that. So. Yeah. that's more that's more of a complaint on score earth than it is on the floor, right? That eighteen inch range <laughs> kind of makes that still suffer.
1: Yeah, and another thing you could play with, like if you are running Shakira, and maybe we'll we'll cover the Dream Hunter, but you shouldn't run that. But if you are, you could run the Periscope to make her height three for the cast, so you could see over infantry that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, there is an option for it. I just don't think we have the hero to warrant host. Um, I I tried it in the Quail Cup and found it to be almost useless score Earth was way better
4: host shadow seems like one of those spells where you want to have something else to stack in with it duelist or it's broken when you can combine it and it's not that great when you can't yeah i mean oh, i can't uh, i've only played 20 some odd games against Brony snark and gruff longnail <laughs> with the unit with the host shadow beast but yeah that's that's a pretty damn broken combination and most armies can't bring that to table like ours right well should we talk about the banshee
1: sure i'll take this one um so it's another wizard caster it's speed 10 it's a flyer melee six defense four one attack dash 12 145 points it has banshee's whale which allows you to roll for damage for every hit you get with the enthrall or windblast spell it has dread uh mine through stealthy fly individual has enthrall five windblast five as a unique upgrade for Resonant Chorus, which allows it to cast a second spell at another target that was within six inches of the original target. Pretty uh, cool. 25 points. Pretty cool. Just commented on a live stream where uh, Jonathan Quail took this plus the Zephyr Crown, so he was throwing around Wind Blast 8 twice every cast, uh, rolling damage for it, and I think it's a unit that has a ton of like the ceiling is way through the roof, and the floor on this thing is down near the
4: core of the earth. Um, yeah, I mean, you're talking 190 points to put Zephyr Crown and Resonant Cores on it. You know that's that's a big a, bend.
1: It has a lot of weaknesses, and it it does really well into some specific matchups. Like if you see a good chunk of defense three and four, it does really well into that. If you see Defense 6 or um, your match where they're bringing 2-3 Mind Screech, it's dead um, before it got to do anything. So it it's a very expensive unit. I wouldn't suggest using this over a five-game event personally because I don't think it plays well into the field. Uh, but if you're looking at a one-day or just a friendly and you want a really fun unit to try, it's a very, very fun unit to, to see play and actually play with.
3: I didn't know you guys were fun players. I thought you I, guys were hardcore. A, I have a sports
1: trophy. <laughs> I will remind you.
4: <laughs> what is this casual you speak of, sir? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's well, competitive or there's nothing. I mean, come that's on. That's right.
3: Man. That's right. Well, let's jump in and talk about this Reaper Soul Drinker. Uh, feed 6 melee plus defense 4, 5 attacks, 10, 12 nerve. It used to be 65 points. Now it's 80 points Uh, in Clash of Kings uh, 2022. And it's got aura, life leads plus 1, Reaper only. Crushing Strength 1, Duelist, Individual, Mind, Thirst, and Stealthy. Uh, interesting. I don't know. 80 points? I don't know.
1: Guys, what do you think? It's still cheap for a 5-attack hero. Like If you're looking like an Elf King or just the King of Men one, they're, they're usually around 100 for their walking version. The problem I find with the Soul Drinker, and I'm sure at 65 points I never ran this build, but you could take like 3 and it probably was really annoying to deal with because uh, all 3 would be
3: like, Plus Life Leech 1. It would be Life Leech
1: 3, as long as the three were by each other. like that, that probably and, then
3: take would, the, and then take the Scream Shard, right? On those Reapers. That's what you were talking about in the beginning, right? Life
1: yeah, Leech you can get up to 5. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't have a mount option. And I think it, the unit really suffers now at 80 points. At 65, I think you could justify just taking them on a whim. And just being like, I have this 5-attack CS1 duelist dude for 65 points. And if, if he dies, who cares? right um at 80 it's a little bit harder to justify him in that hero slot over like a whore. um because if you put like wings on him he's only five points cheaper than a shade mm-hmm. or 15 he's 15 points cheaper than a shade and you're dropping two defense and a nerve for duelist
4: um, and I don't think that's that's really good enough value well he was good go target he, he would be a good option for like the the EJ's periscope or whatever, right? So he can see over some of the like the rest of your infantry line. Being individual, getting natively nimble, stuff like that. Um, you know, if there is a support character or something like that behind the line, um, he's got maneuverability. He could tweak around there too to get to it if he can see over the rest of the line. Um the problem is is like for for eighty points, he gets tough to take multiple. And for only a, a ten twelve defense four hero. You don't You want to avoid putting expensive magic items on there. I mean, even putting the five point scream on there, generally, he's not going to be alive to use the scream shard. You know, if he gets something charges him first, he's likely going to be wavered or dead right in the word go. If you're running a bunch of Reapers, if you're running multiple Reaper regiments, maybe including the the Life Leech uh, aura on there would be worth it. But I don't know. Again,
1: this feels like a unit but, that fits other armies where they have inspiring, but because this army doesn't, like he, he doesn't quite serve that role now with his new points. Like I feel at sixty-five he probably could have been spammed and been a little bit just annoying to deal with because at hundred and ninety-five points for three of these guys, uh, that's a lot.
4: Now, if you gave him the option to take, say, a Shadow Hound as a mount or a fiend as a mount like the twilight kid might have right you know that would be an interesting character to start putting in there (laughs) yeah
1: then i think he would serve a role too
3: well awesome somebody uh nathan you want to jump in and talk about the butcher flesh ripper
4: sure the uh the butcher flesh ripper is a large infantry hero Speed six melee three defense five five attacks fearless 14 nerve for 110 points crushing two, mind thirst nimble and stealthy you know the butcher flesh ripper is a is a good unit he he can certainly add a lot to a line. Um, especially for units like Butchers that even at a horde level want a few more attacks to put some extra nerve on a unit and go ahead and try to make sure you get that waiver or that kill first first combat, right? So he's great to add that, especially with nimble. He's easy enough to get around and maneuver into a flank somewhere. And and ten attacks on threes and twos or threes with crushing two is, is certainly uh, something to concern any unit out there, right? The problem the Butcher Flesh Ripper falls into is, you know, he he's a little overshadowed, I think, by the Dread Fiend. Uh, he's a little bit smaller base, 40-mil base versus 50-mil base, so that can help a little bit. But he doesn't come with Dread. He doesn't come with native, native vicious. And his nerve is a little bit lower, but he's slightly more durable to offset that, being defense-five and fearless. You know, I've looked, I've run several games, including one of these, just as kind of a scenario piece, an accent piece to to hordes of butchers to help get the kill, and I've not regretted taking them, especially at 110 points. If your meta includes higher defense, you see a lot more defense 5, defense 6, then taking one of these over, say, a troop of phantoms may be worth it, just to bring his crushing strength Hey, so I also
1: yeah. find him to be a really good Trickster's Wand Holder.
4: Yep, because he's a hero you he can really pick taller, better. And
1: you don't care if you don't cast X with him, um, yeah. but it, he's a really good spot to throw the Trickster's Wand on, if you wanted to include that in the army. I like him at 1x. Um, a lot of times where I would put one Dreadfiend in, I'll cheap out and take a Flesh Ripper instead, because um, he can just sit in the center and do kind of similar things for 25 points less. Normally, that's me trying to be. He's a very good unit, um, similar to the Dread Fiend. He kind of suffers from how many hero unlocks are he actually going to have?
3: Yeah, I mean, he also has all the advantages of any other Ogre her- character, right? Like, he's nimble, yeah. he scores, he moves six. Late game, he's, he's you know, because I just played uh, Nick out of Texas with, with this army, and he had a couple of them enlisted. The was- he's another R- great R- token
1: to carrier. So like if you're looking Good at where you did take the portal, he's a great option to carry it. Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, uh, we're down to one character left. It's your
1: oh, favorite, man. right, Joey? Uh, this guy, he has so much potential. It's the Dream Hunter, the original living legend from Night So he is a heavy infantry individual, speed 7, melee 3, defense 5, 7 attacks, 14, 16 nerve, 195 points. He's clocking with Crushing Strength 1, Dread, Elite and Melee, Individual, Life Leech 2, Mighty, Stealthy, and Unleashed Nightmares, which reads that all other Night Stalker units in the same engagement as him also gain the Elite Special Rule. Pretty sweet. But 195 points seems like, I don't know. It's it's too much that I've found to fit. I know he can work at like 2,500 points. Once you get to start to get those bigger numbers, it's a lot easier to slot him in. He pairs really well with Reapers. He pairs incredibly well with Fiends because those units that are getting Vicious, either from an aura or they innately have it, you're turning them into old second-edged Shock Troops. And like that combo will one-shot everything. But how consistent are you going to be at getting those two together? Um, and what are you cutting for that 195 point for an individual yeah. that himself is not contributing that much?
4: The 195, I mean, this guy should really be coming in probably 165. I'll be honest, you could
1: switch Shakira and his point total, and I would probably be okay with it. And maybe, like, give Shakira one extra attack. If you said Shakira was six attack, 195, I'd take it. And if you said the Dreadfiend was 160 with five attacks, I'd probably take that too.
4: The advantage the Dream Hunter has is he does have one of the coolest models Mantic's put out, especially in that diorama, you know? How does he fit on a 25 millimeter base, though? That's a and great question. <laughs> I don't know a I'm lot of things. Like, yeah. We're going to all often carry him that thing, man. Exceptional base <laughs> size <laughs> He's on a well, platter. Oh my gosh! Well, you know that's the list in terms of all
3: the units. And maybe let's take a minute just to talk about. We, we mentioned some of the changes that they got in twenty twenty two. Looking back on the changes for twenty twenty two, do you guys think the army got it better? Talk to me about the impact of these changes. On the current night soccer list?
4: I think the army definitely got better. The some of the buffs that we received around, like I said, bloodworms. I love the buff to blood worms. Um, they didn't need it and they got it anyways, which I know that's one of the things Mantic said was Clash of Kings 22. Everything was coming up, they weren't really doing nerfs. Buff to soul flares, uh, the buff to Shadowhounds going from speed nine to speed 10. Yep, um, it's big. We're great. Now, there were some kind of sneaky nerfs that, uh, that, 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 that um, Nice stalkers took right uh you know a lot of these a lot of our spellcasters used to be spellcaster zero and so weren't subject to hex and since um that's no longer the case and there's a lot more hex out there it seems nowadays uh stuff like mind screeches planar apps stuff like that they they suffer to hex a lot um and you know you're having to make some of those choices sometimes hey this is do I want to risk doing two or three mo- wounds or moving a unit two or three inches? Or healing two or three of off a unit to take four or six wounds on my own, right? So that puts you in a really tough position for a lot of those. General, though, I felt that the army is it was very competitive before, and it feels more competitive now.
1: As far as the CFK 22 changes, I think the things that got buffed, outside of the Shadowhounds going to speed 10, I don't know that anything else was particularly needed in the units that got them. The facts factors that changed was huge disappointment for me. That was like the one unit I could pencil in. I was like, this one should get fixed. Like, this is the unit. And I guess Rift weaver, Weavers are like, they don't hurt you to bring in like they used to. So, overall, I don't think the army, like the way I play it competitively, changes a whole lot. Like, it has more Soul Flayers than it used to. Like, I think the lists that were competitive at tournaments before COK22 are competitive at tournaments post COK22 for the most part. Um, and before Nathan says, yes, I have to take a Will Father out of mine, I understand that changed. That's me specific. There's like four cases of it going to an event.
4: Why did I play you at every one of those though? (laughs) Because you love me.
1: That's the smiling face. (laughs) Uh, 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 That's funny.
3: One thing we talked about at the very beginning is there's lots of different ways to build a list. Let's touch on some of those to give the audience some knowledge about what are the effective, you know, uh, the effective builds, right? There's some different ways you can build the
4: list. Nathan, you want to start us off? Yeah, I mean, so uh, I'll start off with the list that I typically run. Right. Generally, uh, I'm starting off with my legion of bloodworms. Like we spoke earlier, I love I love the huge nerve pile in the middle of the table. I love the 40 attacks on them, especially putting hammer of motive force on there. Right. That just it, it is a game changer. It, it is a focus for my opponents. They cannot ignore that unit, and it's also unit strength five, which you don't see a lot of places. Right. So unit strength five is going to, it, it makes it hard for opponents to out-unit strength you and out-control a, a pillage token, dominate circle, stuff like that. So I'll have to start with that. And then because I'm taking such a huge infantry block, I want to take a horror, and I want to take some other infantry to complement that and take it and better leverage the horror, right? So I tend to run a lot of infantry, right? Um, I, I run another regiment of reapers, sometimes two regiment of reapers. I run the ubiquitous two hordes of butchers because they are fantastic you know, wing pieces, right? I can slap them over on a side, and they're going to handle just about everything my opponent's going to throw over there at them. And then I'm going to take something to put some some downrange pressure on my opponent to force them to come engage against the, the the rest of the infantry list, right? That's generally two troops of phantoms, two to three mind screeches, a planar apparition, and I previously been running shadowhounds a lot, but the shadowhounds, even with the brute sharpness, have not been as effective for me. I recently so I've taken to running a horde of butchers to their crushing strength or the helm of the ram. I'm not a horde of butchers, sorry, a horde of fiends. And so what that's a pretty balanced build. It's got some shooting. It's got a lot of infantry in it, but it also has some speed and some cavalry. And so it gives me opportunities to exert pressure wherever I need to. And I'm generally going to have the tools that I want to be able to do that. It makes the deployment phase pretty important, though, because that infantry cannot move across the table as well as – you know, flying caps, stuff like that. And so if I deploy something out of position, I only have a turn or two to try to get it back into position before it's just become a non-factor in the game. You know, Nightstalkers nice can't do a heavy shooting build with traditional even lightning bolt, right? I mean, if you really focused on it, yeah, you could take three units of mine, three mines screeches, three horrors with lightning bolt, maybe some banshees for their little special, you know, damage shooting, stuff like that. But Nightstalkers nice are not a shooting army. So if that's your play style, that's it's challenging to build that with them because their only shooting unit really specters is so unequal you know, with all
1: allies you top out at 30 lightning bolt that's yeah three mind for each three horrors and someone else carrying the boomstick
4: stick to get the most out of it and 30 lightning bolt is a handful but again you know you're talking about hitting on fours and so that's that can be a really swingy that can be a you know 15 hit Seven sources yeah like it, it's very spread
1: out so that's good and bad uh, if you
4: want to run a Lightning
1: Bolt build, like having multiple sources means it's hard to interrupt all of it, but it also means it's hard to focus all of it.
4: You know, n- nice Stalkers can do a Monster Mash build very, very easily. Like we talked about, Shadow Hulks are a great, great monster. And if you don't want to run Terrors running Dread Fiends or Flesh Rippers as, you know, Baby Giants, you know, and, and some accent monsters like that. Uh, brings a lot of options to the table, especially the Dread Fiends, because they're so much faster than one of your other choices out there in that type list. You know, that's something that, that I've looked at and I've kind of done some wishlisting around, but uh, I've kind of, I'm so settled in and in a comfort spot with my bloodworm based list, I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't tend to deviate from that a whole lot, you know? And it's more about, all right, then this is the balanced list. But this has got the pieces I like. Let me learn how to deal with different army lists and find solutions for them within my list, rather than rebuilding the list, you give me a solution.
1: I think that's what Night Stalker really does best. Uh, they, they are the best at having the most complete toolkit
4: that mm-hmm. can
1: be brought on the table. If you look at anything, you should have an answer. If you built your Night Stalker list to be balanced, the answer should be contained within it. Um, it's really up to you, the player, to make sure you're utilizing that correctly and putting everything in the right spot because the hard part is yes you have the tool but you only have one of it probably maybe two tops so you have to also make sure you're enabling your tools to work in every matchup that you think you can get Um, so they can be a very difficult army to run Um, i've seen a lot of night stalkers vary all throughout tournament standings um, because i think it is a very tough army on the player Um, it requires a lot of precision you're running a lot of defense for you can't guarantee you're inspiring unless you run a portal of despair or the Inspiring Talisman. Um, so dice happen. I can't count the amount of times I've lost a horde of Fiends on turn one to Boxcars. Six-win Boxcars is going to happen to you running this army, and you're going to be very upset, and you're going to hate the fact my Thirst exists.
4: And it's, it's easy to overestimate how much protection Stealthy is going to get, you know? It cuts that stuff down, but it doesn't cut shooting down to where it's non-existent, and it, it has no effect on Lightning Bolt, which is a huge thing in the meta right now, you know? Um 200 so shots are still two hundred shots, right? Like exactly. It, right. Yeah. And when your defense four, you know, even though you know now they're hitting on sixes instead of fives, those two hundred shots are going to like a war machine, you know, okay, it's hitting on sixes instead of fives. You know, if somebody's rolling got three of those, well, they're they're gonna hit once at least, typically. And you're gonna have those turns where they hit three and four times, and like Joey said, you're gonna lose a horde of fiends or a horde of butchers to shooting, even though you're stealthy. So um, don't take stealthy as permission to just let it all hang out, you know, in the open. If your opponent has shooting, you need to utilize cover and terrain as much as possible to further degrade their shooting, rather than just thinking I'm invincible to it. Well, let's do this. Let's take some questions from the audience. Uh,
3: the first one, Grant Alexander asked, you know, what changes to currently releasing units w- would make you would make to encourage people to feel them. Subsequently, we got a question from John Paul Fuller Jackson. How can Spectres be made valuable? They're awful. So like, all right, that's a unit we don't <laughs> see. We, I think you talked about some of it. I mean, if they if they hit on fours, right, it would be one. Or maybe they had steady aim. I mean, talk to me. Make Spectres good again.
1: We actually discussed this in the, the chat that me, and Nathan mm-hmm. had. Uh, my idea without rewriting the profile, ideally, you would rewrite the profile to just make them part piercers with stealthy and no regen and just like point them around that, uh, which is really what they were in second. Uh, but if you want to keep that horde profile, I think what you should do as it is, and like what you can do in a COK update, is give them a unique upgrade. Um, price it for whatever you want and it just gives them steady aim so like you can take a regiment give it steady aim for 15 points or 20 points you can take a horde for 30 points 35 you give it steady aim and now you're talking a 230 point archer horde with steady aim pierce one and now you have something that can play around with that pathfinder it's kind of like laid stalkers where they're that low defense but they're in a horde size and it's, it would make them a really unique kind of only this army gets to do that and i think that would it it might not make him good enough to see a lot of tournament play, but I think it would be good enough for people to try and at least salvage what you can out of this profile.
4: I mean, after we yeah. talked about that, Joey, earlier, I'd kind of like to see him maybe go to, I know we talk, if we're going to allow rebuilding the profile, I would like to see him go, instead of the 18-inch piercing one shadow bolts, go to more like maybe decimators, right? So a 12-inch... You know, more attacks, but no piercing type atta- uh, profile. I think that may be more palatable and easier to handle, just because you know the, the Night Stalk Army already has a lot of lightning bolt in it, typically uh, available to it at least. I mean, the the choice between 24 inch lightning bolt or 18 inch fire shadow bolts, whatever they're called, is is kind of eh, give 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 them some more flavors, more some more difference, but from the the rest of the list for that.
3: Um, what other units are out there that we should we should talk about? I mean, you, you, you know, we mentioned uh, the Dream Hunter. What other ones?
1: If you want to see more Shades on the table, um, take Shakira, put a big X on her, and the Shades come back. Um, <laughs> that would immediately happen. But, like, the main thing is a lot of the profiles that I think we don't see a whole lot, like the Shades or the Banshees, I don't think there's anything fundamentally wrong with them. I think the problem is, like, for the Shade, there's just a better option. And yeah. unless Shakira gets made significantly worse, I don't think you're going to see a shade. Uh, the Banshee has struggles really hard into a lot of matchups. I don't think that's an issue with the way your profile is written as much as an issue with where the meta of the game is. If you're taking a Banshee because you know you're going to see a lot of Sylvan kin and elves and stuff that Banshees can do really well into, that's a great meta call. But you have to be very confident making that meta call and know exactly what the player base you're playing into is. Um, I don't think that's a problem with the profile that needs buffing. Perfectly honest, I think it's a it's a valid tool. Um, play at what would you do to a banshee make a pure swan when you roll the damage? Mm. I, that would probably be too good.
3: So, Andy Ransom asks about heroes, particularly which ones are worth it. We touched on some of it, but you know, I guess I guess it really depends on your build, right? Whether you take the dread fiends, the butcher, flesh ripper, or the reaper soul drinker. I mean.
4: Nathan, what do you, you think? I like both the Dread Fiends and the Butcher Flesh Ripper? The Reaper Soul Drinker, I'm not a huge fan of. Like we talked about earlier, that the 80-point price point is is a tough spot for him. Maybe if you take him back to 65 and give him the option to take the Life Leech Aura, that may be a more palatable way to to run him. You know, Horrors are a fantastic hero to take. Essen uh, uh, Shira, or Shakira, or the Living Legend Shade, fantastic hero to take i mean it, including any of those those four in your list is is you're, you're gonna have a hard time going wrong with them right you there's will find it's really, really
3: spoiled for choice there right like yeah yeah lots
4: of great choices you know similar, like you
3: similar,
4: with, but, similar with the monster slot right i mean you know between mind screeches planar apparitions shadow hulks even a terror if you want to take terror yeah i mean i'll take one of them <laughs> well on your list yeah um it has you know, there, there's so many ch- options there that it's hard to go wrong with those, right? Um, they will slot into almost any build. Uh, if you want to go fast, you want to go slow and grindy, you know, almost any of those will fit in, in with any of those. So
3: Andy Ransom does ask about Soul Flares. We've talked a lot about Soul Flares, but maybe it's just been a few minutes. How do
4: you guys use them? Because, um, Nathan, you don't use them right now in your list, do you? No, I don't include them right now because I've got a, a slower list. It tends to be a little more grindy. Um, you know, if I want the wind blast, I've already got multiple mine creatures in the list to, to bring wind blast to it. But the, the appeal is certainly there, right? They are a great Swiss Army knife of a unit, which a lot of my uh, Night Stalker units are. You know, when you look at uh, any speed 10 flying unit is, even though they're lacking Nimble in this case, fantastic from a scenario perspective. It's so easy to control objectives, control tokens, push unit strength where you need it to be, um, especially late game. And then when they bring the double whammy of using their Wind Blast to prevent your opponent's unit strength from where they want it to be, um, that is a huge, huge, huge bonus for them. And, um, you know, it's really easy to, to put a list together that... You know, it's got a couple of mind creatures with all their wind blast, a couple of soul flares, potentially, you know, uh, Shakira, uh, even a Banshee or two with all its extra wind blast in there. And you can cause, especially like an undead list that doesn't have any, you know, move the double options to it, you can cause them a lot of heartache and just pin yeah, them back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can just pin huge sections of their army back and, you know, move where you want to uh, very easily. So, yeah.
1: I know Shannon Shoemaker at one point because he was running nice Stalkers for a little while. He had, like, a Wind Blast 60 build.
4: Mm-hmm. Where it's
1: just a, a copious amount. You build a nice Stalker list, and you'll accidentally hit 25. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so if you're counting the Enthrall as part of that Wind Blast, LA, it's not hard to hit 30.
3: In terms of Soul flares, Nick, Nick did something against me that was really interesting. He basically used them on the flanks, right? And there's they're, they're obviously flying, but with the Wind Blast, he was basically able to, like... I'm not getting around this army. like, (laughs) Right? Like, they're on the flanks, and and he could either keep hitting me with Wind Blast, or, God forbid, he had to throw his unit in to combat to tie me up. So, uh, but I I like what you said about the tokens, too, right? Wind Blast, a a flyer that can fly to where it needs to be to strategically hit you with Wind Blast in the right direction (laughs) is very, very powerful, because, for example, if you push somebody forward off the token, right? Like, they're only moving half, mm-hmm. you know, half back, half speed, and stuff. Unless they're, you know, unless they're or something. Um, so yeah, I, man, I, I didn't think about that, but that's
1: that might be the real key play. I, I don't know, uh, yeah. Joey, you use them a lot. I actually like them in the middle. Uh, so everything Nathan puts on the sides, I put in the middle. Uh, <laughs> just take that as a guarantee. Um, <laughs> I like to put them behind my butchers um, to kind of scare off and say, hey, don't. Don't double charge these butchers. And, and they kind of zone out my middle for me uh, with that 20 inch reach because they're tall enough to see over the butchers. And more important, and one of the things I really like about it is the butchers provide cover for lightning bolt. Um, so it gives them that little bit of protection. That plus a planer means you're really going to have a hard time picking them out. And then they jump over and they hit that flank that you didn't see because the 150 base is really wide with the 45-degree angle. They actually cover a very wide arc for what they can see. Um, So I find to get a lot of flanks if I just hold them off in the middle, kind of close to my butchers, giving them cover if I need it, and then just playing a flank game with them or a multi-charge game because them plus butchers will kill a lot of large infantry. It's a really good way to combo charge and just kill that warrior horde or kill that troll horde. Um, So I like to keep them in the middle. Personally, um, and they can still windblast blast over the butchers too. So if you're playing that six inch, the, the twelve inch dance game, you can you can use that wind blast to help push yourself
4: forward. A list I've looked at putting together that involves a lot of soul players is like three or four hordes of fiends, and then a few troops of phantoms just as you know your basic kind of chaff type unit, and then filling the rest of it out with soul players. And I mean that's a super fast list. Everything's either speed ten or speed eight. It's got positioning shenanigans, movement shenanigans, and it's got enough chaffy type stuff, either through the phantoms as explicit chaff, or the soul flayers as, as thicker chaff, right, that the fiends are going to get the charges they want.
1: Yeah, and I've got list of two hordes of fiends, six soul flayers, and then the four things I unlocked so it'd be like two mind screeches and two other things and that was pretty much the list it plays really well i just i'm never gonna paint it to actually see it in real life like that's a ub army not a <laughs> not an <any> <laughs> army. so jonathan quill they ask, how much
3: wind blast is enough just how much wind blast are you guys looking for on your list
1: Uh, so if we're counting enthrall as part of that total because i do think like shakira plays with the enthrall and can play in a similar way because she can hop over and then throw backwards Um, it it doesn't work necessarily the same way um, because there's sometimes you don't want to enthrall into that combat Mm -hmm. Um, i've had those occasions too but like the list i currently have now that I've been working on, um, it's 12, 22, plus 7 from Shakira, so that's 29. Um, usually I hover around that 30 point.
4: I'm usually about two-thirds of that. I'm usually in that 20 to 22 range for Wind Blast. And, and Wind Blast is, is a great tool, but Wind Blast is also a tool that, like we said, is, is not hard to counter if your opponent is aware of it and looking for it. And so it's a tool that you can't use early on, right? Um, Especially in tournament play, you kind of want to... You don't want to cast Wind Blast unless you have a really good opportunity for it before, you know, really turn five. Um, You know, I'm looking at starting around turn five and turn six. Okay, then where can I go and what can it do for me to remove my opponent's scoring opportunities um, outside of just trying to kill it with Lightning Bolt or or hand-to-hand somewhere, right? So...
1: Yeah, it's very um, scenario dependent. Like, I've, mm-hmm. I've played Jeff O'Neill. Uh, this is at Forge last year. Uh, I took two soul flares, wind blasted a Wiz, Windblasted blasted the rabble horde in front of it, and picked up a token with two unit strength because I just pushed them off of it and just mm-hmm. turn two, boom, I have a raised token. And like, I did that on two separate spots with wind blast, and yep. I immediately had two tokens against goblins, like against a horde list. It, it can cheese you sort of into those scenario victories, especially on like loot stuff, where if you just push him back and he can no longer get to it, it can secure you in early too.
3: Yep. So Nick Brooke asks, do you think that since so many different armies now get the Veil of Shadows, the Night Stalkers have become less unique?
1: No. Uh, I honestly don't think no, this I- will run Veil of Shadows personally. Yeah. Um, I think the armies that will run it have a very specific like design reason to take it because you have to spend points for it. Um, so I don't think nice arcs can less unique for it necessarily. Um, I would expect like if you go to a 40 person event, maybe two armies of Veil of Shadows. Out of that like that that's how much i think well maybe in the southeast where you're guaranteed to play jeff and neil maybe maybe 10 of those 40 have it but no but you're right i I don't know i don't know
3: that the the nightsockers that's not why they're that's not the only reason why they're unique right it's not just the stealthy it's the mind thirst it's a lot of other things but and
4: and the army rules themselves are not what make the list the army unique right i mean the army is unique because they have a very very broad spectrum of units more broad than anybody else. Like we've said, it, you know, there are certain armies you look at it and it's like, there's just not a tool to be able to deal with this, whatever it is, you know, night stalkers typically are not in that position. Now you may have to choose one tool or another, but you have the options in your list to, to counter just about anything that comes to the table against you, you know, and not every army can say that or do that. And I mean, they've got you know some of the things. That, the bloodworms are a fantastic unit that stands out, right? Because uh, just for the the nerve they bring to the table and the volume of attacks and the reapers. Other armies have glass hammer uh, have hammer units like that as well, but the reapers tend to do it just a little bit better than most of them that I find. Mm. Point for point, regiment for regiment, you know. So. so,
3: Nick Nick from Texas asks, "Why does my anti-shooting army keep getting shot off the board easily?" So I mean, I think. I think people We've covered are. that a lot. Yeah, we have. I mean, the problem is people think stealthy is is you know it it, it is re- shooting mitigation, but like
1: it depends it's not on what you're. Anti- it's not. It's it, not permanent. It says, yeah. Go ahead. To use video game terms, it's a soft counter, not a hard counter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it will mitigate, and what it will do is it will take away the normal side of the curve, and it will not remove the spikes. Uh, so what you'll see are the spikes stay because those massive amounts of fives and sixes that spiked that hit roll, they're still there. It's the normal roll that you're probably not taking anymore. Um, it's a super streaky rule. Like I've played games against Mike Austin's elves where he didn't get a single wound for two turns against my Night Stalkers. Like, he, just, he just didn't do a wound. And I rushed across the board and crushed him in four turns because... He spent a thousand points on shooting and did zero wounds for two turns. That can happen. But the other side of the table is I've played Keith Randall, where he runs six artillery and he hits three times for three straight turns one, two, three. And I'm down three units yep. that shouldn't have been hit at all. So, yep. you know, you, you see both ends of the spectrum. And what I find is mm-hmm. that the spikes remain, but the normal side of the curve is less. So you notice those spikes a lot more.
4: And I mean, outside of, you know, Butchers, Shadow Hulk, and um, the variants of Shades. Right, uh, everything is defense four. So, even though you're pushing that that range four into range five and that range five into range six, they don't have a terrible time wounding you. So, unless your opponent's bringing just a, a you know a regiment of, of crossbowmen or you know, one or two war machines just throwing a little bit of chip damage or a spectre. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if if, <laughs> if they're bringing good yeah, jokes, uh, if they're bringing a shooting list, they're going to have the dice to overcome stealthy, and, and you know, it, it, you don't have the defense to counter it. So, um, it's there to ensure that your units can get into to, to combat. But like I said, you not you can't just stand in the open and. and Say, haha, Your arrows bounce off. That's not the way it works." So, so,
3: so Matt Tr- Truella asks: uh, Is there, any, aside from the points, is there ever a reason to take any of the Bashy over Shakira? We kind of answered it, but what would what would make you not take, you know, the special character?
1: Well, I'll give you the one example I have because it's the game I covered with Jonathan Quayle, where he. It's called to arms, so you can change your list every round. And if I knew for a fact that I was playing that specific Sylvan Kin list that had no lightning bolt and only a speed seven interceptor hero, and it was all defense three, I will bring that Banshee over Shakira. But it's a very specific rule set there. Um, right. I think nine times, like 95 times out of 10, I'll just bring Shakira because she supports shooting so well and does everything else. But I think there really isn't if you're playing into a five game field a reason to take that banshee over her personally
4: when you start talking about 190 points to really do that right so you're adding the zephyr crown to the banshee and you're taking the you know the resonant chorus right because it really that's the only reason to take it is if you're going to take both those specific items to double up on that you know 190 points is is a lot um, now it, it is certainly a a wrinkle that a lot of opponents are not going to be able to deal with. I mean, you think about your your typical elf shooting, which you know coming out of regiments and stuff like that, where they have the lower defense to kind of make that that twenty five point upgrade for for rolling the uh or the the sorry the the rolling for the damage afterwards to work. You know, she's got the range where if you can get get her up on a hill somewhere, you've got an opportunity to to attack some other. Individuals behind it with those those spells, but still at 190 points, it, you know, uh, are you really getting that extra buff over what uh, Shakira brings to to the list? And you know, the answer is probably like like I said with Joey, probably no. So, yeah.
1: I mean, if you look at the Banshee and what she's doing, it's 16 dice on four ops, unmitigatable unless they spell ward that do damage.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: it, it's basically an elf archer horde. You know, when you're, you're not taking any penalties ever, but it is a lot of good dice that you're throwing. You know, elves are paying, or Sylvan can, are paying like 180 points for the Windborn to do that with seven dice. Um, and Nice can do that twice with eight, but she's easy to kill. Um, she's easy to mitigate. If, if hex happens, for are boned. Like, the, the Banshee is just going to fly 20 and you've wasted 190 points for that turn. And if they have a good hex caster that can follow it, it'll never. It'll cast once per game. Like, there's a lot of matchups where she's really bad in. Like, if you see Abyssal Doors and they a Hexcaster or two, you're just sad. You're sad all game long.
3: Nick LeGrand asks, would taking the Mind Screech down to five
4: for each spell make it more balanced? I guess he thinks they're, o- they're OP. Would you guys agree with that? No, I don't think the Mind Screeches are OP even at six dice per, because it's only six dice, and it is hitting on fours. So... Generally, you are going to expect even against defense four, only one to two wounds a turn. Right. From Lightning Bolt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. From Lightning Bolt. At 150 points, that is a lot. Now, it can spike, but it's, you know, it's still, I think it's not as bad as. Uh, like an elf wizard with lightning bolt, even though he's not scoring, I think he is more impressive because he gets to re-roll his ones and has five dice, you know? So, I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't believe personally that at 150 points, they are, are over, they're underpriced. Personally, like I said, I think they're a little overpriced with the mind fog six on there, right? I know that somehow is baked into the points cost and it's just, uh, six dice of mind fog is just, you know, like I said, it's, it's somebody being funny, it's not a tactical aspect of the unit.
1: You can change, you can drop into five dice. I don't think it's going to affect them, to be perfectly honest. I think the unit would work the same way. Like, throw in 10 lightning bolt versus 12, it's not It's not going to dramatically change this. Same with the wind blast. Um, I think they're probably a little bit under costed just for the complete package you're getting. Like, 150 for a flying scoring, 13, 15 stealthy defense, five lightning
4: bolt caster with wind blast as well. It's a very That's how you're package. doing so much. They're only defense four. That's how you're doing better than everyone.
1: So I, I'm at defense four. You, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I gotta slip you another twenty next time we play. <laughs> but you know, for one hundred and fifty, it's just a super efficient unlock package. Um Like you're looking mm-hmm. at the dreadfiend, which it does do a lot better in combat. It's one hundred and thirty-five for the same scoring. It's nimble. Like it, it's the mind screen scores the same. It chaffs are about the same it does a lot of really good things for 150 so if you change it to five dice i don't think you're changing fundamentally what the mind screech does you're just like it doesn't spike as hard that's
4: about it to be fair the mind screech switches from a a shooting support platform to thick chaff amazingly well and amazingly quickly for 150 points being able to fly over uh a lot of intervening units to block up a second line that's coming into your, your 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 butchers your your reapers things like that ahead of time is is a fantastic utility and i you know i mean many many games do i you know around about turn four turn five all right the lightning bolts shut off and now we're just gonna fly over and punch something you know because i need that unit out of combat for another turn or two to let my my true hammers and the reapers the bloodworms beings to an opportunity to work through something before they have to deal with that
1: there are a lot of games where i've just pivoted doubled an inch out of like Drakons. and it's like mm-hmm. I'll high five, you can't see
4: over me, or you know, and they're they they do very well for that against, um, you know, uh, you know with a lot of hex in it, normally with a lot of hex, right? I mean, uh, if they're gonna shut off your lightning bolt, well, I mean, okay, fine, then my my switch is gonna fly over there and attack your, your hex caster in a couple of turns, um, and two can play that game, you know, so it's
1: this big brain, it just like, swings it.
4: Exactly.
3: So Matt Trawala asks, "How do we feel about an army that's only true hammer, Malay three CS and TC is locked into a regiment size, no hordes of soul flares. First of all, do you guys agree with that? That that's your only hammer, and two, you know, what are your thoughts on There's other hammers? Right? Uh,
1: mm-hmm. I think fiends and reapers both serve the hammer role pretty well.
3: And what would you would you take would you take them in a horde uh, soul flares, if they if they were available? We touched on that a little
1: bit, right? I would." Um, I think they're interesting as a horde. Like, I would th- assume they're going to be at like, that 255 to 16 point range, um, like similar to Order of Forsaken, probably a little bit cheaper than Tricons. And we would see the Windblast be the same, so it'd still be Windblast 5. But I think that would be an interesting unit at that point. I think you could unlock with them. Um, and, and that would make them a... How many, how many attacks did they have, 20? Well, at this point, it'd be 24. <laughs> mm-hmm. of course double yeah. the regiment but it, yeah. it it should have been 18. Um, so i would have preferred the horde to what we got personally because i think the internal balance of the army uh, would be a little bit stronger for it but i think soul Flares push out a few options like where you're looking at regiments of shadow hounds you can probably just put soul flayers in instead where you're looking at regiments of fiends you can probably put soul Flares in instead Everything around that 160 bubble, you have to question, is this actually better than just another regiment of soul flares?
4: And that's, I think that's probably why you see that they they don't offer the soul flares in a horde. Because that same, that you go to that same question with the fiends, right? You know, if you're going to take a horde of fiends, why would you not pay a little bit more to take a horde of soul flares? You know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you would just see it flip for me where I was taking Regiment of Fiends and Hordes of Soul Flayers, whereas now I'm taking Regiments of Soul Flayers and Hordes of Fiends.
3: Well, that's all the questions, guys. Why don't we do one final thing before we got here? Uh, let's sh- share your lists. You know, I know I mean, you guys both have lots of experience. And Joe, you want to go? You,
1: you, you, uh, got, you, got, you got your sure. favorite
3: favorite list? What points <laughs> level are we we're talking here?
1: We're talking 2300 because it's the oh, U.S. That's, the st-
3: that's a good question for you guys, maybe before we get to that. Do they play good at 2,000 points? Or is Night Soccer an army that plays better at higher points? I
1: think they play fine at both. Um, mm-hmm. It plays an alpha game really well at low points. Um, so I feel like it would do pretty good at 2,000. I don't think I've played a 2,000. Point game with Night Stalkers
4: and You know, the, the none of this, so even if you go below 2,000 points where you start restricting unlocks, say 1995, right, none of the units in the in the army that you want to unlock are critical enough that you really have to take three of them, you know? You know, a lot of my army builds do have, like, three mindstreets on them, but that's not a must-have. And so even when you start restricting unlocks, it's not a huge deal for the play smaller and only take one or two. You know, I, I do find that, you know... You do start suffering with your damage output a little bit because you start sacrificing on, okay, then I really need to maintain durability. So in my list, Bloodworms and, and, and Butchers, right? So now I'm losing a Hammer unit, right? I'm losing my order Feeds or I'm losing a Regiment of reapers, something like that when you start going uh, 2,000 at last. And so you do have to be more cagey with when you are doing damage and what's going to be able to respond to that after you, you finish your turn.
1: So. Yeah, I think for me personally, like, we'll share my list, but I'll probably just cut a planer and a soul soulflayer and then just spend some items to make up the difference and like try to maintain that speed and as much punch as I have, uh, because that's the one thing I don't want to lose. is this um, But yeah, 2300 points, because it's kind of the US standard. Personally, prefer a little lower for myself, but everybody plays 2300, so I play what everybody plays. So we're going to start with two Hordes Butchers. We are then going to have two Hordes of Fiends. One's going to have Blessing of the Gods, and one's going to have Strider. Anytime I build a list, that's what I first put on my Fiends. I'm going to put those items on, lock those points in, and then I'll play around with whatever I have left over and see if I want to change it. Got two Regiments of Soul Flayers. We got two Mind Screeches, a Planar Apparition, a Portal of Despair, two Dread Fiends. One's going to have Blade of Slashing, a Horror with the Conjurer's Staff. We've replaced Lightning Bolt 3 with chant 2, and we've added alchemist Curse. Um, this is something I'm just trying out. Um, you can play around with this as much as it The horror takes all the spells really well Uh, but the my prior army pre cok 22 included the wolf father the big reason i included the wolf father is because i find this army suffers to defense six Uh, the wolf father is a very easy quick fix versus defense six so alchemist curse is trying to kind of fill that gap that the wolf father is leaving behind after that we've got shakira and i forgot to mention i have a mesa crushing on butcher hordes with five points i had left over But that's the basic build. It's 14 units, 22 unit strength, 12 of its scores, ton of speed. Uh, It wants to play a really passive keep-away game, though, and just wait, bite its time, play maneuver until turn four, and then it's going to come in and do the damage. If I start combat early, it suffers. A lot of these units can't take a punch outside the butchers. So if you hit me first, I have a problem. So I want to play a very passive game where... So a lot of times i take top of one i move forward you move forward to engage me i back up you'll see that out of me an awful lot but the idea is i want to be able to control every multi-charge i have all of these units are designed to do seven wounds um, or the dread fiends are supporting with three four plus dread so if i put two into any unit i should be able to pop it outside of infantry
4: hordes where i can probably fit three awesome Nathan, you got something to share? Similar to Joey, I've got my, my units that I start with almost every time. You know, the card on my list is going to start with a, hor- a legion of bloodworms, a hammer, a regiment of reapers with Blessing of the Gods, and then a horror with the Conjurer staff, the vicious aura, and chant two, keeping the lightning bolt three in there. Again, that's my solid kind of, so those three units are my, my infantry core, and those are what I build around. I expect those to, to generally hold my center or during the scenario, go out on a particular weak flank, and just overwhelm, right? They're not overly fast. They do enough damage that there's very few things that can come in. Survive those more than two turns. Next two things that I include, generally, is going to be two hordes of butchers. Occasionally, I will only run one horde of butchers if I want some more damage output here and there, but typically, it's always going to be two hordes of butchers included. Two troops of phantoms. Uh, I love the scenario play phantoms give me. For 105 points, I can use them as chaff. I can use them as objective snaggers. I can use them as disruptors. I can hunt war machines with them, hunt characters with them. They really do bring a, a a a huge, huge, huge range of abilities to the table that I find hard not to include. Next up, I always put a planar apparition in the list as well. Heal seven dread is fantastic to add on to to any of these combats. Um, so I love including it in there. Next up is is the number of mind screeches. Generally, I will run at least one. Um, lately I've been running three, trying to counter some specific things that I've found myself weak to I'm having a lot of issues with some individuals, things like that. So I've been trying to run three of those to give me a chance to snipe them out before I have to deal with them. Lately, I've also been running uh, Shakira. You know, I've been playing around with her. I was playing with a regular shade for a while and kept looking at the comparison and said, all right, where can I find the 25 points to push Shakira in? And I've not regretted it since then. Those 25 points came from my hoarder fiends where I switched them from brewer strength to uh helm of the drunken ram or whatever it is for the thunderous charge Uh, i have to play the fiends a little more carefully and a little more judiciously that is if i actually play them because i've had an issue here lately where i've been forgetting to even deploy the fiends and so i'll be turn four turn five like why am i down 240 points where's where's part of my army here I to realize it's still sitting in its little box on the table behind me. So, you know, that was a success story for last week when I played Jeff. Was I remember to use my fiends both games? So, I'm happy about that. And again, so I, I tend to focus. Whereas Joey has a, a much faster list than me, I tend to to, to look for for a, a more infantry grindy list. You know, and I'll, Joey's style is probably better. He's beat my ass the last few times we played. So, I mean, it is where it is. So
1: we haven't really discussed it, but the mirror match. With Night Stalkers is probably the single most ex- miserable experience you can have in, in Kings of War. I yep. absolutely hate this mirror match. Nobody has inspiring, Just, it's not going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Part of why I started running the portal was because I, was, I allied the Wolf Father, thought about the mirror match, and was like, well, if I'm giving him inspiring, I'm going to give myself inspiring. So the portal would inspire the guy next to my Wolf Father um, so that we were both inspired. Uh, but the mirror match really, really comes down to who rolled the boxcars first. Like, who mm-hmm. rolled the had a good turn where they rolled three straight tens on nerves, and then they picked up these three units when they weren't supposed to? It, it's awful. Um, it's something you have to plan for because I think Night Stalkers. I can peg in one Night Stalker game every event I go to at this point. They're a very popular army, at least on the east coast. Um, and if you're interested in playing this, just know that that matchup sucks, it's gonna happen. Um, you can win that game because you rolled the sixes and you can lose that game just as easily because they rolled the sixes.
4: They've gotten more popular in the Southeast as well. Um, you know, previously, you know, especially before COVID, I may be the only nice soccer player to show the an event. And, you know, the last couple of years, I've definitely seen them, seen more players running them. in the events. So, I mean, generally there's at least one to two other night nice soccer players and, you know, Southeast, we, we don't have huge events, but you know, we're usually in the you know, the high teens to, to mid twenties size wise. And so uh, you know, having, you know, ten to fifteen percent of the field be night sockers is it's, it's becoming pretty common. So Is night soccer a play a, a new
3: player friendly army?
4: No. No, yeah, because you, you have to understand the restrictions around inspiring and what you're getting and losing by not having it in your list neighbor. So
1: it's a lot of glass hammer. Like if you look at my list, the highest nerve I have in the army is sixteen eight. Everything. It's it's an MMU build, and I think Nightstalkers really play into that balanced play style. They don't have a lot of forgiving units. Like the most forgiving units probably the Legion of Bloodworms. If I had to pick one in Butchers. Uh, or the shadow hawk, but you really, you can't build a list out of just Bloodworms, Bletchers, and Shadowhawks that can expect to be successful. You could
4: be pretty successful with that. I mean, think about it. That's not a terrible set of units to build. I,
1: I don't think that's going to go into an event. Like, don't expect a best general with that build,
4: is what I mean. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> you could. you could. I could easily see worn ones with that build all day long.
1: You get some very angry P too. Like <laughs> If you have three <laughs> units on the table, they're going to be mad. Um, but it's a an army list that has a whole lot of glass hammers or glass-ish hammers. Um, so it's not very forgiving because if you make one mistake and allow one charge that you weren't supposed to, you can easily see that unit gone and your game plan's just gone with it. It requires very precise movement. Honestly, a lot of times I end up banking on him not rolling an eight. Like I find a lot of my games are if you just rolled normal and you rolled that seven, I'm fine, but because the nerves are so low and there's a lot of times where if you rolled an eleven, I lost the game. And and that's gonna happen. And I think it's hard to avoid that regardless of what playstyle you go, unless you go like mass scarecrow spam and then you're all fearless. But that's also not a very new user friendly playstyle either.
3: What did we not touch on? I know we've spent a few hours here, boys. We really appreciate your time. But what do we not touch on that we need to share? with the audience about this this great army of night stalkers
1: i want to have a psa uh so i'm going to get on my little soapbox here for my ted talk if you're making a night stalker army please for the love of god be consistent with what you do and make sure it's aesthetically consistent across the board night stalkers is a really hard army for your opponent to look at it's the one army that doesn't have an easy warhammer fantasy like crossover you can't look at a Night Stalker Butcher and go, I know what that does, just based off what the model is. Like it, It's hard to convey those unit stat lines with the models that there are. It's a little bit better now that there's an anti line, but it's still a problem. There's a lot of times, even if you built a Night Stalker army now, your opponent might never have played this army. It's pretty likely that that might happen at some point if you... Or building it within the next year or two so be consistent with how you're modeling it and make sure you're modeling like fairly like make sure your mind screeches look tall make sure mm-hmm. your void lurkers look big your shadow hopes look big your butcher should be like large infantry scale if you're not going with the mantic line it's an easy army to get super creative with and it's an easy army to get super confusing with and you yep. can, it leads to a lot of bad games i feel like
4: they're See, it's easy talking about consistency of modeling it's easy to double down with that on the heroes especially the mantic heroes come kind of like out of the vanguard box mm-hmm. you could look at i mean other than you know knowing the horror is the one you have the most of because they gave you 17 of them you know the horror and the banshee and the shade are all i mean you could easily look at any of those three and say yeah i could see that being any one of them. you know joe is absolutely right it's it's easy to confuse opponents with your model choices if you're not here so.
1: mm-hmm. and just be understanding if your opponent hasn't played this army before um, it can be confusing to look at and it's not necessarily intuitive based off what the models are what they actually will perform as
3: awesome guys well thanks for your time I mean, obviously this, this takes a lot of effort to come and do these things so we appreciate you taking the time and then sharing with us your thoughts on the, the units and the lists and playing Night Stalkers. And, uh, you know, one final question before we get out of here. Nathan, why should someone play Night Stalkers? <laughs> Sounds like a super hard army to play.
4: <laughs> no, Night Stalkers are not. Night Stalkers are a great army to experiment with build-wise because there's so much options available to to you during the list-building phase and it's so easy to go many different directions that you can you can have one army and you can build three dozen units for it, and they can all combine together and work in different ways, where some of your more generic, even your more generic armies, like Kingdoms of Men, don't necessarily have some of that. So, um, you know, the things to remember with stalkers is stealthy is not a sh- invulnerable save, right? It's it's going to help, but it's not going to save you against shooting. And, you know, other than that, you know, you can learn a lot of solid play and and experiment with what fits your style. You know, like I said, other than, than just full-bore shooting, nice Stalkers can be anything you want them to be list-wise, play-style-wise. You know, like it's everything from trash spam to, you know, running, you know, like 30 hordes of stuff. You know scarecrows to doing a super fast you know speed large cab and flyer list i mean you can do all of that and do all of it effectively in the nice stalker list and so it just gives you lots of options to, to to go out there and experiment with and you won't find yourself in a position where oh, i've got 1500 points of this list and 1500 points of this list and they won't go together
1: i'm going to also add that this is probably the best army to model um, like If you want to be creative and really go at modeling an army, or if you're invested in 3D printing, uh, or if you want to support a mantic army, like this is really the peak of what Kings has to offer. Um, the, the mantic line outside of Fiends is amazing on this. The Soul Flayers are some of the best resin horses I've ever painted. Uh, the Mindscreeches are wonderful, wonderful models, and they have a really fun, unique, and distinct background, I feel, that Kings doesn't really have in many other spots. Uh, they're one of the few armies that have a lore that's really fun to read um, and read about. Like, I remember the original campaign that I'm blanking on the name of. Destiny the, of Kings. The one with the new characters. Uh, Albie's Rift? No, the Before that edition one. I'm blanking on the name, but there was, like, uh, yeah. there was an elf character that would summon the Forest Shamblers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Forest Shamblers were Night Stalker-infused. Uh, so she was having nightmares of Night Stalkers. And it's like it some of the best fluff that's been in Mantic, at least outside of like, the books. It's really Night Stalker-based. And it, it's a fun, creative army that lets you just splash out and show your creativity and really combine. A- edge of the Abyss fruit. that we're talking about? Yes. Edge, a- edge of, the of the Abyss, abyss. yeah. The yeah.
4: And paint scheme-wise, you can go any different direction you want to with it. Like, I've seen players, even if you use the Mantic models, there's so many paint options to them out there that, I mean, I do a red and orange scheme for my Night Sockers, but you can go your darker colors, you can go... I've seen players do, you know, black light reflective, you know, paint on them and put that on the display board. And, I mean, they take contrast paints super well. I mean, I, I love contrast paints from Army because... um it's almost like the two were made for each other because the models just have so many great crevices and things like that. It's really easy to have a strong looking army for a paint score. And, you know, you didn't have to be a fantastic painter to get there. This so is
1: the most Sons of Vulcan pitch I have ever heard.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know, one, one other thing
3: that just, just hit me in the head this whole time, you didn't mention allies once. Is that conscious? Like, do you not you need don't allies?
4: need allies. Night, talkers don't gain anything from allies. They, they've got everything already in the list. So, I mean, I know Joey used to run the Father for particular reasons, but I mean, you of know, there shit. were... <laughs> yeah, it was. yeah, it wasn't because he was having problems with Defense 6. It's because the father was broke, yeah. so
1: I, It um, definitely is. Like, compare Shadowhawk to Father. I'm going to take the Father every time. Uh, Shadowhawk might be the best giant, but the Father is the best monster. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's fixed now. I don't think you need allies in Night Stalkers either. Um, you yeah, know, the father was an option that I just felt was clearly superior to what was in this list and should not have been available. Um, so, well,
3: we're glad you pushed it so that it made it obvious to everybody
1: that this was. I'm glad I took it to Masters, too. Yep.
3: Exactly.
4: <laughs> we're waiting for that to happen with Grony Snark and Grup and Post Shadow Beast because that's some. Too.
1: That just seems oh, cute. Yeah. The attacks are added after all blast and effects or some, something different. Like, you roll the dice separate. I don't know what they'll do. It, I mean, we didn't discuss this, but Mikael is ruinous to this army as well. Yeah. Like the oh, yeah.
3: I just played like Mikael for the first time, time and he is a beat stick. He's from Twilight King's special
1: character. He will consistently have 20 attacks against
3: half your army. If not. Yeah.
1: Uh, it he can absolutely... Yeah,
3: because he doubles against uh, large, right? The larger stuff.
1: He doubles against monsters, titans, and heroes, but heroes. this is a monster and hero heavy army, so yeah, he, he gets in the mind screen, to one-shots, it doesn't matter, and he can just take over games for you, or
4: against you. The thing that kills me is uh, I'm having... Growny, Jeff is doing like 19 wounds a turn with Growny Snark, you know? I mean, he's rocking in with HSB8, and so he's adding four and five. And then, you know, he's not, he's having average to slightly above average to hit rolls. And then he's rolling like, you know, uh, out of, you know, seven or eight hits, he's rolling like five or six fives and sixes, and like two and three threes and fours, and one two. And so it's just buckets of dice against It's killing me.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: I would like to just see those removed. Personally, I think that that's the cleanest response, but um like we I feel we'll we'll turn it into a different talk, but I think House Shadow Beast is only buffing the units that didn't need to be buffed. Right. Yeah. And you're not taking it to help the meet you're you're not taking
3: No, you're right. You're, you're 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 already hitting the ones that have duelists and stuff that's already like they were already doing their job. Right. Well guys, uh thanks again. I uh, really appreciate your time. It's, this is a lot of work and uh We'll get well, you know, we'll be interested to hear the reaction from the from the Coliseum.
4: I can't uh, wait you to be like you're
1: wrong. Everything's wrong.
4: Between the two between the two of us, Joey and I have been the best nice stalker player at US Masters for like the last five years or something, <laughs> right, Joey? So yeah, one of us so.
1: we're two of two for a couple. Yeah. Years. <laughs> so, so what you're
3: saying is one of you have to be right.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and between the two of us, as somebody says we're both wrong, we know they're wrong. So I mean
3: All right, guys, well that's gonna do us for tonight. until next time, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening.
0: And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com on Twitter at countercharge fifteen.